I recently sat down for a follow-up interview with Yehel from Wrestling With Gaming, and we talked about different methods that we use to edit our videos, the gear we use, and pretty much just two buddies nerding out over making videos, YouTube drama, and all the rest. So if you're interested, just chill back for this one. Maybe grab yourself your drink of choice, beer, coffee, wine, water, whatever. <laughs> this is definitely more of a laid back and just, uh, you know, hang out with friends type of interview. Unfortunately, though, we did it over Skype because we don't live close enough to do it in person. And all of the downsides of a Skype interview came with this one. We dropped signal a few times. There was delays, so one of us would start talking before the other one's voice came out. Uh, you know, all the typical things that you get from a Skype interview. So hopefully the cuts won't be too jarring, and uh, hopefully we didn't bore anybody. I had a great time doing it, but who knows. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and uh, here is Yehel from Wrestling With Gaming. Hey everybody, I'm here with part two, the follow-up of Yehel with Wrestling with Gaming. A documentarian, wrestler, musician, grower of nice hair. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw that comment the other day on Twitter, it made me laugh. So um, up, not much, man, just, you know, here, uh, getting ready to move to Seattle, uh, so uh, I don't have to deal with humidity in my, in my hair. Uh, <laughs> the real reason to move. Uh, no, but otherwise, just just hanging out, man. Happy to be back. So you're going from Tampa to Seattle, right? Oh, uh, you know what? You're breaking up real bad. Ooh, how about now? No. Okay, you're back. Sorry. My connection seems fine, but who knows. Um, so you're moving from Tampa to Seattle? Yeah, yeah. But, but I'll be, like, right next to Seattle. Trying to trying to get on the uh, Metal Jesus crew. Just moving there for. You definitely have better hair. So. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got I got a promotion out there, and uh, and my girlfriend's out there, and so it just it all kind of worked out. Oh, that's cool. Are you still doing the what would you call that statistician? Statistics um, analyzing and uh, yeah, stuff? An, an analyst role, just a little. Uh, it's basically an analyst role, just a little more intense and dealing with uh, more people. I I will impact more people. Cool. I guess. Converting one CDI fan at a time. <laughs> now, now I'll be converting thousands at a time. Um, <laughs> so I really wanted to talk to you again about the X-Band documentary because I meant what sure. I said. I wasn't blowing smoke. I'm not a nice person. I, if it sucked, I would have told you. <laughs> but... I, was, um, I know you're not. You're not kind. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was legit. It was over an hour long, and towards the end of it, I really was like, "No, it can't end." I want, you know, I want, I want more. Um, but I had so many questions for you as I was watching it, and then I ended up just like chilling out and enjoying myself, and not not thinking about anything other than the documentary. So I'm going to try to remember as much of it as possible. I probably should have taken sure. notes, but that would have taken away from it. So, um, but damn, I mean. So that was almost a year's worth of work for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was about uh, 10 months. Um, and and I, it's not like I was working on it every day, you know. Um, a, a lot of the reason why it took so long was scheduling the interviews. Um, and, and, you know, as far as the guys from Catapult that I interviewed, the people that actually worked on Expand, the developers, I really only ended up interviewing uh, five people. 
but initially it was like going to be like 15 people, uh, like 12 to 15. But, you know, people kept some people kept rescheduling. And, and I, I don't fault these people. They're busy. They don't know who I am. You know, they probably went to my channel. They saw my subscriber count and didn't make it a priority. And I can't really blame them. You know, somebody that they don't know, like who know that's going to take up a bunch of their time. And, and most of these people are still involved in the tech tech world, you know, Um but it, it really worked out because I ended up talking to the main people I wanted to talk to mm-hmm. uh, that, that were kind of really in the thick of it. And they all kind of worked on like uh, an aspect of X-Fan I wanted to get into. So it, it all worked out. But So uh, how did you uh, – I mean the last time we did this, uh, I asked how you do your videos. And since then, half of mine have completely changed. The weeklies are the same. It's still it's the formula that works best for me personally. But – uh, did you follow the same type of path that you had for the other ones? Because, I mean, there was a tremendous amount of extra B-roll from this, right? Yeah. Um, I ended up with 18 hours of interviews. Um, so that that was another thing. Like, I had never I, – I have one video where I interview one person, audio only. We talked for like 20 minutes and then I chopped it up pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is 18 hours of interviews. I've never done anything like that before. I, I quickly learned I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I, I think, I think I'm going to get, well, listen, <laughs> if you look at my, if you look at my Adobe premiere timeline, it would be very obvious. <laughs> this was not someone with a good plan, <laughs> but, but yeah, man, like I just, you know, I, I've, I've thought about making a video called how not to make a documentary. Cause the, 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 the last like third of it took me like, I don't know, like the 20th of the amount of time that the first two thirds did, you know, cause by then. You know, I, I, well, you know, like the more you, you you work on videos, you know, the more you streamline your workflow, um, anyways. Yeah. And I, I thought mine was pretty optimized and streamlined, but for something like this, it, it really wasn't. So, it really changed like how I organize things in Premiere, um, how I think about plotting out a video. Um, I probably won't do one like this for a while, you know, or I have so many interviews. But yeah, man, this definitely changed uh, how I edit. <laughs> And how I organize things. It, but my number one tip uh, would be to, uh, if, for anybody that does a video like this, uh, get 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 some kind of software or pay someone to transcribe it for you. Um, oh, so each of the interviews, it would it would have made your life easier if you could have transcribed the interviews with timestamps and then cut and pasted that into a thing and then just referenced the timestamps and gone from there. Right, which I found out like there's an old version of Premiere that does it, like CS6 or something, and I think you can still download it if you're part of Creative Cloud. Mm-hmm. But by then, it was like I was already so far into it that it was like, well, by the time I learn how to work with that or whatever, like, is it really going to be worth it? You know? Yeah. But yeah, man, I I, w- I would literally just I plotted out like every I plotted out the entire video as of though I had no interviews, so the mm-hmm. script was done, did it like a normal video. And then um, – and, and this is like maybe my like third attempt at editing it, like trying different ways. And finally I said, you know, I'll edit it this way and then I'll draw – I'll go through each interview and I'll drop in uh, bits and pieces of it of like where, you know, it fits the story or what, whatever's being talked about. And I, and I had an outline already of like what I wanted to have discussed or whatever, but – um, I ended up doing it that way. So yeah, man. I mean, I I watched each interview probably like two times, a couple of them three times. So that 
didn't help make things any faster, but I just didn't want to miss anything important, That's you know. Another two weeks worth of work is just watching the videos, and because you don't watch them in real time, you got to pause them and make notes and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, an hour long interview is two hours minimum. So, yeah, huh. I, I am 100% sure there are much better ways to do it, you know. I like that though. I like the transcribing the interview thing, and not even transcribing the entire thing. I mean, that would be ideal, of course, if you had a team of people, but. Uh, you know, rewatching it, time stamping with notes like you know, Bob drinks absinthe, Bob farts, whatever. Right. But like, then transcribing the part that you want to use to drop into the script. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 there's plugins that'll that'll you know make it so you can search the entire interview. Really? Um, yeah, uh, I mean they're, they're very very expensive, like the good ones. So we're talking about like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And you know, if I did if I did this kind of project regularly, I would definitely invest in it. But for what will probably be like one or two big ones a year I, I don't feel like it's worth it i'll just take notes next time so not to not to jump around a bit but are, are you still running the same computer hardware that you were running yeah yeah still running the same thing um i mean it, it it's about five years old but it was pretty powerful at the time that i got it so now i would say it's like upper mid-range mm-hmm. uh level so i mean it's still except for this video it has never given me any slowdown, any real issues with editing, but this <laughs> video, because of the length and just like, I, I, at one point I checked, like, I think it was like 675 assets and I don't remember how many gigabytes of video. So like my computer by wow. the end of it, man, it, it was a chore to edit by the end of it. It was just like everything would like take forever to like update, but. So that's, you know, the, the biggest hurdles that I've had, and I hope this doesn't come out as pompous. I really don't mean it this way, but the biggest hurdles I've had have been, limitations that were out of my control you know because i'm not a millionaire i would like to be but you know i gotta work with what i have so you know why did my videos look like shit for so long because i couldn't afford a camera finally got a camera hey bob how come all of a sudden your videos look good (laughs) i bought a camera like stuff like that (laughs) and the the thing that's really been killing me lately is anything with 4k so 1080p still works fine. It's a, it was a really amazing computer six or seven years ago. It was like a $4,000 computer from a hedge fund. I got it, you know, three years ago. So cool. But it's soon, and I think for a lot of the stuff that I do, it's better that I do 4K because a lot of people that mm-hmm. want to watch something on their TV, now it's all in the native resolution, so there's no stretching. Some of the other stuff I put in 4K just so people will pay attention because it's kind of like a neat marker where if something for my channel is in 4K, it's not just a weekly. There's some effort put into it. Sure. But as soon as I did that, like this last one that I did, the um, and this is the interview is going to air after the video, so we could talk about it, but. Uh, they were like I, I had to edit blind, so I would get everything lined up, and then I would unlink the video and audio, and then move mm. the video over, and then use the audio to edit, and then pull the video slider back, and I couldn't actually see wow. everything that I did until I exported it, and that's a twenty-five minute video. So now, luckily, a lot of the stuff, like um, a lot of just the B-roll shots, were fine. But when I shot the the camera that I use for me shots is my A sixty three hundred, which only goes up to four K twenty four, and then the GH five I got just four K sixty, which I really, the only reason I needed to go sixty is for CRT shots and stuff like that. But when I do four K sixty, I can kind of see it; it's choppy. But 4K24 is unwatchable because it has to convert it in the timeline to 60 frames per second mm-hmm. real time. 
So it's it's gotten to the point where I can't like I got to just drop coin on a new computer, which you know that's one of those things where like it makes your whole body just cringe when you see how much you got to spend on something that could do 4K. Yeah, like my asshole slammed shut when I saw the <laughs> fucking number when I did the PC configurator. Like, Dude, oh god, I, I'm still doing 1080, man. I haven't even bothered because I, I for the same for the reasons that, that you mentioned. You know, I know it's gonna chug. Um, have you have you tried like? Um, I guess it's still probably going to chug for you. Like, even if you exported your 24 uh, frame per second footage, like, if you exported it all first out to 60 and then worked with that? So, that would work for some things. But the way the way I do videos now is I, I write the... Well, videos like this. Like, the like the fancier ones that, that clearly have, like, a, you know, a, a mm-hmm. timeline to them. Uh, I write the script, which takes forever because it involves all the testing and all the you know all the equipment that I'm doing. But write the script, and then I record it all audio only. Uh, and I try to like even stand in the same place with the mic in the same spot on my shirt. And then I add in all the B-roll, and then I only go back and re-record me where it's needed, so I don't have mm-hmm. to use a teleprompter or like constantly cut my footage a million times. That way, I could just memorize four sentences at a time and stare at a camera. <laughs> Dude, so. that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> really? That's, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Um, so we're sure either both doing it right or wrong. Fold fingers yeah. before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly didn't know what to do with my hands during that video. <laughs> you know what's funny is the first video I did with the, where you could actually see all of me was one of the the first Dreamcast one, and there were so many comments from people like, "Why are you doing that with your hands?" And I'm like, "I do that in every video. You just can't see because it's outside <laughs> of the thing." But I'm always a, a twitchy fuck like that when it comes to my hands. But... And it's funny because like before this video. I, I'm not on camera a lot in my videos, but the ones that I was before, like, it was pretty much you saw from, like, about here up. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really matter. You know, all you saw was my arms maybe doing this or whatever, you know. So it didn't matter what I was doing with my hands. And, like, now I'm like, oh, fuck. That's hysterical. <laughs> you know, I, I, when I watched your video, I was excited. And I talked to my wife. I was like, hey, this might be the weirdest thing I've, uh, I've asked you, but... I got a friend that's a drag queen that's two hours away, and I can't I can't drive all the way up there to borrow his wig. Do you have a black wig? And she's like, I don't even want to know. I'll, here's, here's all the wigs I have. I'm not even going to And then, you know, here, you know here, I said, all right, well, remember the dude we met at the trade show? So she's like, I said, what about a scarf? And she just burst out laughing. She's like, are you going to do something mean? I'm like, I really hope nobody thinks it is. I thought it was hilarious, man. Well, that's all I cared about. I shot two of those podcast, two of the segments, and exported two of those podcasts that day. And I had the other one waiting in case people were upset, or in case you were upset about that. But I did that out of love. No, obviously. Dude, so. no yeah, dude, I thought it was hilarious. And actually, that got me some views. Like a few people like were like uh, left me in comments like, "Oh, I came here after uh, somebody said something <laughs> like, I came here after RGB made fun of you' or something like that." Good. It was exactly what I was hoping for. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but. Yeah, so that's that's my closest thing I can come to a wig, I guess, these days. But. but, you know, that made it even funnier, though, that it was, like, not a wig. Very clearly not real hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I thought that shit was hilarious. I, I mean, I reposted it yeah. on, on Instagram and, and, and stuff. I, th- I thought it was funny, man. I think yeah. I, I wrote, like, who wore it better or something. Yeah, uh, hashtag who wore it better. Exactly. And I had this. It, you know, it was weird. Us. Like, I, somebody, like, tweeted. Um, so. If I could explain one thing about the X-Pan video, (laughs) 
it's funny. Rather than explain anything like technical about it or how great the people behind it were, let me talk about my hair in this video. Uh, so, like, the reason why I had it like back and kind of to the side was my lapel mic was was over here, mm-hmm. and um, it was my first time using that lapel mic to to record or whatever. And so, you know, I, I record, I tested it, and my hair was actually like rustling up against it, and it was making like a little bit of a sound. So. At first, I tried it the other side. I tried it in the middle, but it sounded kind of weird. And and then my shirt, like, I, I guess, I don't know if my Adam's apple was, like, kind of making it move down. So I'm like, let me just pull it back. I'll put it to the side, whatever. I'm only in, like, five segments. Like, they were all real quick anyway. Uh, but then I got, like, a bunch of comments about my video or my hair. And, like, people were, like, tweeting Wang. I don't know if you know who Justin Wang is. Yeah. So he, like, people were, were like, tweeting. Somebody tweeted at him or, like, and added me like something like, uh, like I was stealing his hairstyle or something, or like, like, like somebody was like genuinely like upset about this, and like, and like he and I are kind of friendly, like, and he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm sure he was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I seriously doubt anybody would, uh, any anybody with half a brain would think that you were stealing someone's hair. Yeah, yeah, it was so weird. I was just like, nah, man, I'm just was trying to get good audio. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I still haven't perfected audio yet, and being in Manhattan where I am is the biggest challenge, because anybody could make a microphone sound good if you have a soundproofed room. Mm-hmm. So I think i got to get one of those, unfortunately, I think i got to drop like four or five hundred bucks on one of those mics that, you ever see people get interviewed on the side of the road in a busy neighborhood, but somehow you could perfectly mm-hmm. hear them? It's one of those, you know. They're big Dude. too, so it's going to be like right. Like a big shotgun mic? Yeah. I don't know. I have you like I just use like the Rode. Um, it was like seventy bucks. Um, the like the Rode, yeah, the Smart Lab. So I I own two of them, and that's all I use for any of the videos now. Other than I like I was telling you before, I use the Yeti for anything that uh, that's kind of live like this, even though it's pre-recorded mm-hmm. for so I could hit the button when you hear horns and explosions outside and shit. But um, I had a friend of mine all all pissy, like, oh, why'd you <laughs> drop $70 on that? Look at all these videos on YouTube that show that they're the same as the $20 one. Yeah, in a soundproofed room. <laughs> but you right. get in a noisy environment, you put that thing on. It's not the best one in the world, but it's it's perfect for what I do, so... Exactly, exactly. It really cuts out. Even if you're like, I've found, even if you're like in a somewhat echoey room, it does a pretty good job of, I I don't know if it has any kind of filtering or maybe it's like the dynamic range of it or whatever, but I find that it actually does a pretty good job of still sounding like you're in a somewhat soundproofed area. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially for all the environments that I throw it into. So yeah, Mm -hmm. agreed. That's, uh, That's definitely one. The uh, the only complaint I have about it is like they, they advertise it as working with like Android, but it really only works with like two or three Android models. I, like it's very specific ones. So unless the, you get, I have it right in front of me. The the thing that that pisses me off about it is, um, you have to get these little T R R S T R S. Yep, I, or, I I got two of them somewhere. <laughs> yep, or else it won't work with pretty much anything except a smartphone. So that that was annoying, but uh, yeah, I got those in the Tascam yeah. recorders for a lot of stuff now, and for this one because um, I knew it was gonna I knew it was gonna be a lot more off camera. I used the Tascam for everything, and then I went into the bedroom like at, like on the day I did laundry, I had laundry hanging up, the windows closed, and then I opened my closet and I was just talking into the closet to absorb all the excess noise and everything. It's funny, I sent my picture. Uh, my wife a picture of me selfieing in front of her closet. I said, "Your closet's a good listener." She's like, "Get the fuck out of my closet!" 
I, I just imagine between the stories you've told me now, t- 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 your wife's like, God, I married a weirdo. <laughs> she no, she knew I was a weirdo. She did. Before, she, she knew she was getting started into. dating. She knew exactly what she's getting into. <laughs> We're in the city for her job, so she doesn't. Yeah. Very, I'm very lucky, but she doesn't complain that, at the fact that we pretty much live in live in my office. So, yeah. you know, take, um, take one for the team. Oh, if I could say something about the X-Band video. Um, that, I say lots about the X-Band video. No, just this one thing. Uh, <laughs> no, so something that I, I don't think like really came across uh, in the video is uh, that uh, the, he's he's in it towards the end and, and a little bit in the beginning. Um, Tommy, the guy that from Retro.Live that's been kind of one of the guys spearheading bringing X-Band back, uh, he was instrumental to me getting all of those interviews with those catapult guys and he was able to answer. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically harassed him online. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, I, like I found him like in like Facebook and like Twitter and I think somewhere else I just like messaged him. I'm like, Hey, you're, you're working on this thing to bring it back. And I'm trying to get, I'm making this video, blah, blah, blah. And it took him a while to reply because he's, he's not like a social media guy. And uh, anyways, he finally replied and I had already like done like a little trailer or whatever to, to have something to show people. Um, and he was like – and he watched that and he watched a couple of my other videos. He's like, hey, I want to help. Uh, by the way, I happen to be in contact with pretty much everybody that ever worked on uh, – x-band would you like me to reach out to them to see if they'll interview i'm like all right i didn't think that they would because dude the, the, the guy i don't get into it in the video but the guys that worked on x-band they went on to create um to co- to help create android one of them created the the play store in android uh one of the co-inventors of x-band the original co-creators of it uh he um oh my god why is his name escaping me right now it'll come back to me he's one of the guys i talk about in the video but um he created web os um like, like like a bunch of stuff like the um the, the guy joe Britt that's in the video with the amazing hair he um yes <laughs> i remember he's one of the guys he's one of the co-founders of and, and inventors of danger the guys that made the t- the t-mobile sidekick the the hip top for mm-hmm. people overseas um th- th- these guys are like and they're all still still heavily involved in the tech industry that they're all like filthy rich i'm like they're not gonna they're not gonna want to do this but Dude, like they were like so passionate about X Band still, you know, they remember it so fondly. Um, and and I would not have been able to get in touch with those people had it not been for for Tommy. So he's kind of like the unsung hero really of the documentary. And uh and Tommy will like I, I would bounce things off of him all the time. Like I, I the catapult guys were would like were still very helpful even after their interviews. Like they would send me stuff. Hey, I found this in my office. Hey, I found like stuff they didn't have to do, you know. Um but uh, if I had like some like random technical question, uh, I was like where I found conflicting information, Tommy would be able to like very quickly verify either with me or maybe he text somebody else that I hadn't interviewed. So he was super, super helpful. And really, he's like the unsung hero of the documentary. That's awesome. You know, very often you just really need one introduction. And it's, uh, you know, I try to do that on all of my videos all the time because I hate to sound like such a grumpy old man, but... You know, every time I, I, you know, you don't have time to watch an hour-long show, but you want to sit and watch something, I flip through YouTube, and it's mostly garbage, and it drives me insane, and it's mostly people talking about things where they don't actually know anything about. They saw a press release of something, and here's my take on the one, two, three, four, and it's like, 
what a fucking waste of my time. So yeah. I see all these channels, and I'm just like, who that like this this the Spod Wave channel where he's got that look on his face holding up the Xbox. It's like who the fuck is this guy? And one of my friends is like, no, 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 he's great, he's great. I don't know what's up with the face, but he's great. <laughs> so I watch him like, oh, and I, I I tweeted him the other day on something. He luckily I, I think he took the joke the right way. I certainly didn't mean any disrespect, but. It's just, I need somebody just to be like, check out this person. And you were one of the ones that I, one of the few channels, I think it's you and Pushing Up Roses were the only two channels I just found by accident that no, oh, one, wow. no one came on to. And I told talked about the last one. That was a true story where I was kind of half asleep, and I think it was the Digital Pictures one. Oh, okay. And then oh, you're, you're, you're one of the two like... people that saw it. That's right. I remember <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. I was up for like the next four hours just going through the videos. I, those were awesome. Sorry, I, didn't, I didn't catch the porn one, so it must have been when you had taken those off before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I, I might re-upload those to uh, my second ch- channel one day. I don't know. Probably not. They'll probably be the end of YouTube if I do that. So. Uh... So. I... I guess there's going to be a lot of jumping around in this, mostly That's fine. mostly because I get a bunch of questions, but also because I just started drinking tonight. So, Dude, I'm drinking too, and I rarely drink these days, so it doesn't take much. Really? Well, I, I had a long day, and I didn't really eat anything, which is shocking because, you know, but <laughs> this is going uh, to hit a little harder. But So you just mentioned another channel, and that's something... You know, is there YouTube etiquette for this? Because I am by no means a YouTuber. I am that loud, fat guy from Retro RGB that also does videos. You know, it's so I don't know what the etiquette is. Are you supposed to have a channel where your main videos, like only the stuff like your X Band documentary and all the you know all the other ones that you did, are on one channel? And are you supposed to have a secondary for just anything you want? Is that the way it is? I, now, or is it... you know what, dude? I I don't fucking know. I, I, I'll tell you why I did it. It's, you know, there's the whole YouTube apocalypse thing happened, right? And for me, the way the, the way it impacted me, I had already taken down those weird visual novel games mm-hmm. way well before, like, the YouTube apocalypse. So that wasn't why I did it. But my wrestling matches, like, were causing my entire channel to get demonetized. Really? Uh, yeah, because that was one of the things. And be, because wrestling is not very popular, uh, like, in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that, like, <laughs> I think there's it, a it, few million people that might disagree with you, but okay, I'll roll with this. I one. mean, this is me saying as a rest. I mean, well, I just mean like in terms of popular pop culture, like it's nothing compared to the audience that Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or, or you know, that kind of stuff has. Or, or even pick like, I don't know, uh, uh, an, an IP in video games, you know, Halo yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's, that, that, right. that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, YouTube was demonetizing basically every – wrestling related channel that wasn't wwe uh i guess they were just like the violence must not be advertiser friendly the fake violence you know i i don't know dude but um what was that first it was just the wrestling matches i i could care less about that and then uh all my other videos started getting demonetized so i'm like what the hell and um so i did a little i dug into it and basically like if your channel was just like having content that was, you know, getting demonetized frequently. Like your whole channel was in danger. So I took them down from there and started posting them like sporadically on a secondary channel, just just to, like because people ask about like, oh, why is it wrestling with gaming? Oh, where are your matches? Hmm. So that's why I did it. So I just occasionally post crap there. So there, you know, there's a ton of people that are upset with YouTube these days, and I've I've explored alternatives and stuff. I'm not going to go into the whole story again, but the one very short story I will repeat is 
Um, I did a video, and then I was a whiny little bitch and did a smash video for the follow-up because I just was, I had enough of that. Uh, and I turned off the comments because I didn't want to deal with the trolls. If if you follow mm-hmm. my work, you'd get it. If you don't, you don't. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, like it, hate it, doesn't matter. And then I did an experiment just for the hell of it. And I paid to promote that video, and it didn't get promoted. And there was nothing in there that was bad. I didn't even swear. I swear in all my videos. <laughs> nothing. Really? They, wouldn't, they would not promote it. And it's one of those things where it's just like, I, you know, I'm not a, a YouTuber. I'm somebody that cares very much about the things that I do or enjoys having fun talking to friends. But still, it's, you know, I don't, I don't wake up and live my life by rules that they set. So right. I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to continue to. And it drives me crazy. And it upsets me, too, that a lot of people that have, you know, started out making their living through YouTube. And now they have to change what they do to continue to get paid because of the rules that are changing when they're not doing anything wrong. So yeah. It does kind of drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people complain about YouTube on, you know, especially like if I'm sure we both have like a lot of, uh, YouTubers that we, that we're friends with and that we follow on Twitter mm. and, you know, you, you see like a lot of people complain about YouTube. Um, I, 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 I kind of like, like, I, I would say a lot of them let me think about how I'm saying this. It's not that they they don't have a right to complain because they really do. Um, and some of the things that YouTube does just make no sense, right? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times people – and I've been guilty of it too. We're a little impatient with YouTube sometimes where it's like, hey, I got a yellow icon on my video and uh, I have to wait for it to be reviewed. And dude, they usually review it within like 24 hours or less. You know, like – at least now, when the first adpocalypse happened, of course, like it wasn't that quick because they had like millions and millions and millions of videos that were getting auto flagged, right? You know, so like I, I think sometimes we forget that, and and again, I'm guilty of it. We're not paying YouTube. I, I guess you could argue because they're taking some of your ad revenue that that's how you're paying YouTube uh, to host your content, but you can still put it up there free. You know, like they're they're still giving us a platform. Who's they're really the ones taking the risk, right? They're the ones investing the money. Uh, I mean, they're still not making a profit, as far as I know. Obviously, they're getting information they can feed to Google, and Google Google's making their money at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong. The, the only thing, you know, difference of opinion. Everything you just said was intelligent and made sense in the conversation, <laughs> except that they're not making money off of it. They're a billion billion dollar profit corporation. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, they're making I, money. They're making their money. Maybe I should. YouTube on 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 an accounting ledger. Maybe YouTube isn't making money, but the data that they collect and they feed to Google, Google more than makes up the yeah. money for it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Google was making money from YouTube. They wouldn't have invested and bought it if if they they weren't. So, mm-hmm. but 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 I mean, I, I think sometimes like you know, I, people forget that like if YouTube didn't exist to provide these tools and and people act like YouTube doesn't promote smaller channels ever and like it's impossible to to like grow they on youtube pretty much don't i would say that that's not true uh, i'm not saying that they do a good job of it mm-hmm. but i mean there are people that act like youtube never promotes like i get it if you go to the gaming trending tab mm-hmm. you're right you're never gonna rarely ever are you gonna see a small channel there it's gonna be like some like fortnite player with green hair or whatever like 
you know, some something stupid like that, you know, uh, like 10 of those things, you know, and maybe Scott the Waz, you know, like he'll be like the one like 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 real good creator. Like that's like in there being promoted. Um, so I, I get that. But by the same token, like over the last 10 months when I didn't post anything because I was finishing up this x video, I gained like 20,000 subscribers, mm-hmm. you know, and I had a couple of months where my uh, Game Shark video went from. 200 something thousand views to 500,000 in about two and a half months. So I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying YouTube does as good of a job as it should. I'm not saying it's diverse enough, but I think it's unfair for people to just be like, oh, it's impossible. Oh, YouTube, never whatever. So it's not impossible. It's just unfair. So your situation is a channel that has a bunch of a bunch of content that's good enough where it's still relevant a year later. Whereas your average YouTuber, it's irrelevant 24 hours after it's posted. When I say YouTuber, I mean the YouTuber, you know, the millennials that yell into a camera and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, this happened this week at GameStop YouTuber. Exactly, right. Yeah. So for your channel, who now, I mean, it's when I first met you, you had quite a big following. And now it's starting to gain momentum a lot. So for that to build in the background makes sense to me. But... I talked to a few marketing teams, which were way out of my price range, by the way. <laughs> they, they basically said, if I wanted to be a YouTuber, everything I'm doing is wrong. And what I should do is delete the channel, start a new one, and s- swear to God. And I said, look, I built, you know, it's taken years. I got almost 20,000 subscribers. I said, delete it, start a new one, have only your high-end content on that one, start a secondary of that with everything else, and that's how you'll get picked up in their algorithm and three or four of these high-end videos that you have will pick up your subscribers again in three months. And that's why I'm like, no, I, that's not me. I'm never going to not – I, I got to just do what I do or else I'm going to fail. So Exactly. And, and, and dude, so I was lucky enough to um, get a YouTube brand manager like when I got to around like 38,000 subs or so. Like I got like a random email. Hey, we're offering you this if you want to take advantage of it. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, – it was uh it was good and again it's free from youtube so like i I don't want to complain about it but um they do like an analysis of your channel but if you're like in analytics you can pretty much do it yourself right but one of the but I, i asked about the algorithm and this and that and honestly i don't think they even know themselves your brand manager definitely doesn't know it's the people who build their living off of figuring out the algorithm to charge you and me an insane amount of money to build our brands and i'm actually okay with that by the way the marketing teams if they're as good as they say they are they deserve their money i'm all right with that part of it but they don't even tell they don't even tell the brand ambassadors what they're and that makes sense why would if you were the ceo of a company with this dreaded algorithm why would you tell your your you know your bottom feeder employees about that you would never well and then the and then the thing is, like, if everyone is doing, like, if there was, like, a secret right to formula to getting the algorithm to pick you up and everybody was doing it, then nobody is getting picked. You, you know what I mean? Right. Because obviously they can't promote everybody, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the interesting thing was the brand manager kind of gave me – she didn't tell me to delete my channel. But, you know, the, some of the advice she gave me was, like, oh, make um, – upload weekly. You know, the, the, the kind of general stuff you hear, uh, upload weekly, look to see what's going on currently – uh, you know, kind of like what we were talking about, you know, like the people that the channels that do like the current gaming news and that kind of stuff. Um, and so that was kind of the general advice. And I had like three sessions with the brand manager. And in the second session, she's like, you know, your channel like is 
shouldn't be like getting promoted. Like if you follow the normal advice we give, because you're not uploading every week, you're not on camera all the time. You're not doing a current topic. So she was like, uh, you know, I talked to some people like on, I can't remember what team she said, uh, but, uh, about it. And she's like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I guess just do what you're doing. (laughs) It's just like, okay. I could answer that, even though I'm very clearly not an expert. I could answer that. It's because you have good t- content, and it's because you don't have a time limit on your content. You're not talking about, you know, let's talk about the Modelo Bob was drinking on the interview last night. Like, you talk about stuff that, that has a place, and it's not going to get old. So anytime you have something like that, anytime somebody discovers you, they're going to tell their friends, and now you're going to get more views. And it, that's one of the, like, keep doing what you're doing. She was right about that. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't change. Well, well and, and, and you know, I, I think a lot of your content is, is kind of similar, right? Because if you're talking about, you know, how to get, like, um, you know, the, the, the best uh, RGB picture out of, out of whatever, or, like, mm-hmm. your video on the on the Mega SD, uh, when when you do these comparisons, because anybody looking to pick up the Mega SD, whether it's they're going to pick it up, you know, um, during the pre-sale, or they're going to pick it up a year from now, they're still going to probably read. You know, it's going to—I don't know what the price point is on it, but it's not going to be cheap. You know, it's not going to be twenty bucks. So they're going to do a little bit of research, and your video, sure, they may do some firmware updates or whatever that might. So some things might change very slightly, or like you mentioned towards the end that maybe through um an adapter to play like actually you might have tweeted about this about doing like 32x cd 32X games CD, right yeah um, mm-hmm. so you know there might be a couple things here and there that change i mean that happens with some of my videos too but overall it's i this sounds weird timeless it's timeless content right in in the sense that it's maybe time proof is what i should say like it's not gonna be less relevant you know a year from so- now the way the way I look at it, and I, I really mean this positively. I hope no one like thinks I'm shitting on my my own channel like this. But the weekly stuff only matter that week, and I because that's it. So if you like, I wouldn't tell anybody go back and listen to all of my weeklies because you're going to hear a lot of the same things repeated. You're going to hear a lot of the you know hey third update this week and you know sorry about the, but that's fine. It's never it's just meant to be something so. The only purpose of my weeklies are for people who don't have time to sift through forums or don't want to to deal with the toxicity of it just to be able to throw an earbud in, half listen and go, oh, wait a minute, I like that one thing, let me back up and listen to that again. And that's cool. I'm totally all right with that. And the the bigger production stuff I do is just not so far off from that with entertainment value in there. You know, I hope somebody walks away from the Mega SD video enjoying it. Not just not just getting the info, whereas the weeklies, it's you don't even you don't really have to watch. It's on all the video platforms because why not? But you don't have yeah. to watch that. But yeah, I do want to do a couple of, and I've been putting them off because I want to make sure they're as good as I can. But I do want to have a few timeless ones where it really talks about the history of something. And you know, and I'm not stepping out of my wheel box. You know, the stuff that I'm good at, but the history of something and. Stuff that's not going to change, so that five years from now I could reference that, and it's still one hundred percent relevant. But I'm happy with what I do. I just I see what's happening to a few other people, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to drop a name because I certainly don't want to talk about anybody that may or may not want to have this kind of spotlight on them. But we both know somebody whose videos are fucking awesome, who still gets like between two and eight thousand. We actually, I think we both know a few people like that. Yeah. They're not, they're not getting the love that they deserve, and their video content and the quality is up to par with the rest. 
the consistency of it. Like they should be yeah. a hundred thousand subscriber YouTuber, and they're not, and it drives me nuts. And, and and I get it, man, because like I felt like uh, th- th- honestly, that's how I felt up until I got to around ten thousand subscribers, and then for whatever reason, YouTube suddenly started promoting me. Uh, and cause I, and I, I think maybe I was like about a year and a half in. And at that point I was putting out videos like every one to two weeks, maybe every three weeks I was putting out more regularly than now. Like the more I, it's funny. Like I feel like with YouTube, the better you get at, at the kind of content you make, right? Whether it's, you get better at editing, better at script writing, you get better at research, whatever it is. The one thing it does is it makes you less efficient in a way because you I, I at least at least for me maybe, maybe i'm just an idiot because i'm like okay i want to put more attention to this because i know i can get more detail this i know i can i can make this look better or sound better i can make it more visually appealing or i can do a like i'll, I'll do it I'll, I'll spend like literally like three hours on doing some stupid weird cut like in the x-fan video i do some cut it lasts i think one and a half seconds it would, mm-hmm. after i finished it i texted um uh, Ian, historic nerd. I was like, I just wasted three hours for one and a half seconds of footage, and it was just like this magazine that comes in. I, you know, the magazine cover goes away. It shows you the article, goes into the article, comes back out, and then the part that took a long time is the magazine cover comes back in, and a bunch of stuff in the magazine cover fades away, and now I'm in the magazine talking literally yeah. for like half a second. <laughs> I remember that. I remember looking at that going, I bet you that motherfucker spent all day on that magazine. Well, <laughs> it was so unnecessary. Was I could have awesome, just, just done a stupid jump cut to me. Like, t- like, but you know, like as you get better and stuff and like, it, you know, you're, you're like me, you, you, you want to hold yourself to a high standard, right? You want something that you're proud of that when that, 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 if you look back and watch it, you're like, damn, I did that. You, you know, yeah. uh, I don't even remember what I was talking about, but, uh, <laughs> this podcast takes for some of the edits and how oh, you right. somehow get inefficient when you start to get better things. Cause you want to add those flair of awesomeness. Oh, I remember now. So uh, it, it was back to like the thing about YouTube promoting people. So mm-hmm. even back then when I was making videos like more frequently, like I, I, I was at a point where like, damn, YouTube's never going to promote me. YouTube's never going to show me to anybody. Cause I had like what I felt was like at that point, like a, a decent amount of video, not not a huge library, but they were well produced, well researched, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm sure if I go back and watch one of them, I'll be like, "What a what a shitty fucking video," you know. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I get it, man. It it is frustrating. I'm frustrated about the X-Fan video, actually. Like it's got like, and, and I shouldn't be. It has 173 thousand views, something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's because I've lost well, perspective. <laughs> well, what? When you've spent that much time on something, right? So even if you, when I say only, with some annoying air quotes here, even if you only put in like a half hour a day or 20 minutes a day or something, it's still a long period of time of your life that was working on this, and you want to feel like the return was worth it. So I understand uh, the frustrations with that. Um, But, I mean, if it's like the rest of your videos, it's going to be a slow climb, and it's going to be continuing to grow. Right. And really, whose fault was it that it's not like YouTube... Like, I was getting mad at YouTube, but I shouldn't be. YouTube didn't make me spend 10 months on a video. And, you know, it was a conscious decision that I made. I knew that in those 10 months, the time that I was spending working on the X-Band video, um, I I knew that I could have just, like, 
put it on the back burner for a bit and made like a bunch of other videos and my channel would have grown more, right? Because the more videos you make, you know, you get a little bit of boost, you get, a, you get some subscribers from that. They start watching your back catalog, they share it. You know, I, I could pro probably be like close to 100,000 now if I had, you know, put out videos consistently. But I was like, well, do I want to do that or do I want to make something that I'm going to be really, really proud of? Um, and, and as a kid, dude, I loved X-Man. Like, I loved it. Yeah, it showed. I mean that. I mean that as a compliment, not as a dig or anything. It showed. The, the, I mean, you you obviously loved that thing, and you loved being able to bring the story forth to the point where an hour later, I guarantee I'm not the only one didn't want it to end. I mean that that shit. Yeah, there were through. You know? Thank you. I I appreciate that, man. And there were a few comments like that. You know, that said like, oh, I just I thought I was going to watch a few minutes, and here I am an hour later, which is you know, like, like super nice to read. And, you know, it did make it feel like, okay, this was worth it. And, you know, I had thought and I had people like from pretty big channels, give me advice to like, put it posted into like two or three parts, because I reached out to people because I was, I was concerned, you know, it's an hour long. Uh, I like sometimes if I see a video is like 45 minutes on YouTube, I'll be like, Ugh, do I really want to invest 45 minutes of this right now or you know i'll that add it to my watch to, later and... that goes back to word of mouth if that's somebody that you know or somebody that one of your friends is like hey you should check out this person and you see the video 45 minutes isn't a very long number at that point that's the so i see yeah. you know that's that's an yeah but, but like my whole, yeah my whole thing was like i want people to learn about expand right and i want because i know like once people or at least i felt once people saw how passionate the developers were uh, about it and the people that played it more so than anything I was doing in the video like they're the stars of the video you know the the story them and the story is really the star of the video so I was like if they can just see it like they'll watch the whole thing but I was like they're not gonna watch any of it if they see it's an hour long if they don't want to fucking click on it you know so um but I ended up just doing it as an hour uh one one big thing because uh that's how it was designed and I think it flows better that way you know um I I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if it were multiple parts. I would have still loved right. it, but the I, and I don't know if this is my my arrogance or my insecurities talking. But the only piece of advice I could give somebody who's I mean I look up to your work, so the only thing it's I'd be ridiculous, but thank you. <laughs> the only thing I'd be confident giving you the only advice is every time I've done something that I wanted to do that failed, I looked back at that like tried my best. All right, still like it for what it was, whatever. Whatever I tried, some anything. It doesn't not just this. Anything in life where I was like, well, let me try something the way I think this might be the popular way to do it. I always failed, and I always hated mm -hmm. myself for it. So just do what you want to do, because at the end of the yeah. day, it's just like music, right? I still I still love the songs that I wrote. I don't care if one or one million people listen to them. It's you know, it's the ones I wrote. It's the ones yeah. I, the way I wanted to listen to it. So there you go. That's actually a, a great analogy, man. And, uh, you know, you say you're not a YouTuber, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, this Mega SD video, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it, it was very um, – not that it, – so it reminded me, uh, and, I, and not, not, not in the sense that I felt like you were copying them because that's not what I felt like. But it reminded me a little bit of a My Life in Gaming video in the Ooh. sense that there was so much detail. Like, there's, you, you give so much information – but it doesn't feel like I'm just like having like somebody, you know, regurgitate like some giant script that they wrote. Um, you know, it's all relevant. It all flows. Like I, I think the video is like 25 minutes, 25, 26 minutes. Um, and when I went to watch it, I'm like, 
I literally said, probably probably what you said, you went to go watch my video. Let me watch a few minutes of this. It was this morning before I started work. I'm like, let, let me watch a few minutes of this. Um, and then and then I'll like make breakfast and, and uh, go to the gym and, and go to work. I, I ended up sitting there like the entire time. And when it was over, I, I was like, oh, that 25 minutes went by. Like it, it felt like nothing, you know, which is ultimately what you want. Right. You, you want people to just be like, exactly. That's right. it. Wait, I want more. I want more. But you gave so much information, dude, and it didn't feel like I was being like educated, even though I was. Thank so you it was really much. good stuff, man. You say you're not a YouTuber, but uh, well, you're, you're turning I into a little bit things. of a filmmaker, man. I got two things to say about that. I'll come back to the YouTuber comment, but the uh, the people that I'm lucky enough to have gotten to know over the years are the only reason it looks like that. My buddy Kenji is the one that got me started with how to use Premiere in a way that – he was the one that explained it to me in a way that I could understand it. And then, you know, my life and gaming are kings of, I mean, they're, they're great at a lot of things, but being able to have a visual along with the audio that matches in a way where even if it's not the exact same thing they're talking about, it brings it up in a way where people, Relevant. Yeah. Even if you're not fully fluent in English, you could kind of put two and two together. And then I get to know John Linneman a bit, who's just fucking awesome dude. And he's the type of person where, he, you know, you ask him a question and he'll just tell you how he does it mostly because he's a really nice person, but also because he knows he can give me a blueprint and I'm still not going to be able to do it the way he does it. It's like <laughs> Michael Jordan telling you how to dunk. Oh, yeah, right, you can right, explain right. Every, every millisecond of what's going on. You're still not going to do it. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I got a lot to live up to being lucky enough to be friends with the people that I'm friends with. And that's the only reason the content is getting better the way it is. It's just I'm lucky enough to have a bunch of cool people around me. But the YouTube, But, but you know, you... Sorry, continue. No, go go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. The YouTuber thing only gets me because I don't think you're a YouTuber either. I would I called you a documentarian at the beginning of this. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you did. Because <laughs> that that's actually how I view you. I think you, the videos of yours that I've seen could be just as home at home on Netflix or on Amazon Prime. And I don't even want to say Amazon Prime anymore because of all the very crazy shit I've seen on there. There's reading yeah. over pictures for an hour and a half, and yet it's a, a documentary on aliens, but it's a bunch of weird, weird pictures, and it's not even people talking. They type it into like a speech, a text to speech. Yes. Thing. So yeah, no, you're not an Amazon Prime documentary. Well, you're thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. The Earth you know what's round. funny? <laughs> Maybe aliens exist, but that person didn't meet one. <laughs> so the, the, it, there were like some kind of like, I mean, very 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 preliminary didn't really go anywhere uh talks about putting the expand doc on amazon prime hmm. uh, and maybe like at some point down the line that'll be a thing or whatever but i don't know man. there's some questionable especially like if you go to the gaming content there's let's plays on amazon prime let's plays so i'm like you know I, I, and that, there's nothing wrong with let's plays there's nothing no. wrong with no but, but i'm just like it's not uh, the right place for it Exactly. I watched a, a haunted house documentary one time, and I, I normally don't like those. I've, I've been to those in real life. That's all. You know, I'll talk about that if you want to at another time. But I, I watched it thinking, like, all right, this is neat. It's only a half hour long, and I got twenty five minutes into a thirty minute documentary. And it was fake. It was Blair Witch Chronicle style. So I went and looked it up, 
and the filmmaker had changed his name a bunch of times. It was entertaining, but for mm-hmm. me, I was pissed because you lied to me. If you sure, it wasn't what you, like, yeah. you know, a half hour, like, my spin on the Blair Witch Project, I probably would have watched it anyway, but I was lied to. I was expecting a documentary about something that really happened, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't deal with that with Amazon. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. We're probably going to try. I, I say we because um, one of the one of the people from Catapult, um, who for those that haven't seen it, Catapult, uh, was the parent company that made Expand. I mean, they're really the same thing. Catapult and Expand, they're, they're the same thing. Um, they they have like contacts with some people that have like some stuff on like Netflix and Amazon and stuff. So we're, we maybe in the future uh, it, it'll it'll be on some kind of streaming service but i was like uh when i was talking to some people from amazon I'm like eh, i'm good <laughs> that's some funny shit yeah yeah but uh what what i wanted to say though was so you mentioned earlier you know the importance of um having footage uh something visual that actually goes along with what you're talking about you're presenting like there's so many and this is especially like rampant in gaming videos um and again i'm not like I, I'm, I'm not the cream of the crop like video game youtuber or whatever i'm not norm i'm not the gaming historian but there's so many youtubers that do gaming stuff where they'll show random video game footage while they're talking about something that has nothing to do with it and here's the kicker what's playing underneath them background music from some other random game that has nothing to do with either the footage, what they're talking about. And a lot of times it doesn't even like go like up uh, as far as like the beats per minute on it. It's either like too fast or too slow. Like there's just like three things that have nothing to do with each other happening. I can't watch what them. The, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I can't watch them. That and the ones where, where people will, they'll have like 10 sentences in a row and they'll cut and paste with each one. So you're looking at somebody's face going across the screen. Like I, I just it'll send me uh, it'll send me into a seizure if I keep watching. Yeah, it. I can't. I get ten seconds into it. And I go, nope, no way. So, so this is what kills me about those kind of jump cuts is whenever, like I, I don't know if someone's like talking into a camera for like eight minutes straight and it's interesting. And there are some people like I can't do it. And may, but you know some people have that pers- big personality where they make it really interesting or whatever. And if they have like one or two jump cuts, eight minutes straight, okay, that's fine. But there are sometimes I'll watch a video in the first ten seconds, a jump cut. Just in do first it over. Ten seconds, three jump cuts. Just do it over. It was yeah. the first fucking ten seconds. I could not seconds. agree more. I could not agree more. <laughs> it's at the point where people are annoyed with me for apologizing when I have to throw one jump cut in a forty-minute video that has many like. But I'll I I can't tell you how many times like you probably heard a bit of the siren I hit mute on this one but I can't tell you how many times I've been at the end of a five minute segment, and in my brain I'm going fuck I'm proud of that that was actually really good yeah that was exactly what was because it's very hard for me sometimes to whatever's going on up here to to make it fall out of my sure, face the sure. right way and I'm like oh man that was perfect and then there's like a burr on the horn and I'll, oh. I'll redo the whole thing <laughs> I'll I'll redo the whole thing I can't do it. Only if it, there's a rare moment. The the days where there's construction outside, that's when I have to just do it. There was a, the other day. There was two things going on, and it was unbearable. And I like around eleven forty five, it went silent, and I'm like, oh, they're at lunch break. And I ran in and I shot the whole <laughs> podcast. I'm like, sorry everybody, this is really quick. All right, number one, <laughs> go through the whole thing, like you know, one take each. Just like, yeah, that 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 was a little crazy, but I can't do the jump. Yeah, I- I just don't get it. And the funny thing is a lot of times these 
channels that do like a lot of jump cuts. Um, and you know what's funny though? A lot of these channels have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So I don't know. Maybe you and I are in the wrong. I mean, because obviously like they're they're successful. And you know what? Like, dude, more power to them. It's just me personally. A lot of times, like you could just like easily fix that jump cut by putting in a piece of footage related to what you're talking about so people don't know you did a jump cut you know there's like ways around it to make it not only like easier to view but like maybe even like enhance the value of your video mm-hmm. and people don't do it like i'm just like what? just did you just... see the movie a star is born the last version there's like 10 versions of it no. so this is not a spoiler for anybody who suddenly really wants to watch this bradley cooper movie but um the whole side plot is Lady Gaga's just like, you know, this person, she's kind of shy, and she's starting to sing and get out there, and she meets a producer who tells her to become someone else, and you'll be a star. And it's, this is no bearing on the plot of the movie, by the way. And she kind of follows suit, and now she's a huge star. And it just, it bugged me, because I, I was never, ever going to be a huge star in anything I did, but every every band I've ever been in... You know, if you grew your hair like your hells and got a bunch of tattoos, maybe a tan, did some sit-ups, this band would go a lot farther. Yeah, why don't you just keep my shit while I drink a beer and tell you to go fuck yourself? Because one of those things <laughs> going to happen. Music's going to be the same. I still didn't miss a note the last four shows. I'm still right. better than those four people with the long hair and the tattoos. And where am I? Not in a band. <laughs> so so there, there's, a, there's a point to both of it. Where am I? On a YouTube channel that has content that I'm very proud of that has 20,000 subscribers, not 200,000 subscribers. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to make But your website... Oh, wait. Your, but your website is, like, super successful, though. It is. As far as websites in 2019 go. I mean, if it was 1999, I would call myself a successful website owner. But, you know, you can't make as much... I mean... To like a fraction of what you would off a website sure. years ago, but but yeah, and I'm, I'm it's always it always makes me proud when people recognize me as Bob from Retro RGB, not right. the guy drinking a beer on YouTube. Because to me, those are two completely different things. The amount of hours that went into that are like I should be locked up for putting the amount of hours into that when I could have been at another job making a lot of money. <laughs> like nope, here, right. here I am telling you how to make your. Your CDI get pristine RGB output at the exact right millivolts. So if you put it on a you know, on an upscaler, you could see Hulk Hogan's pixelated pecs. Listen, listen, man, I'm telling you, listen. You don't even need to mod your. I, I'm actually almost anti uh, RGB modding CDIs at this point because I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just my CDI model. Maybe it's the love and attention and special care I give it. But uh, I can't tell you how many times I'm I'm streaming it. So, you know, like, obviously it's getting compressed, you know, like over YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And people will be like, oh, is this this video out? Is this RGB modded, blah, blah, blah. And it's just literally like, you know, composite running through like a shitty like $8 Amazon to like HDMI converter into an Elgato. Like it's just like the worst, the worst possible way to do it. And it still looks so good and pristine. So, Can so I delicious. Can you? You you sound right now like somebody that's never seen an RGB modded CDI in person. Are you? Have you ever actually seen it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I've never seen one in person. And I'm sure you're. I'm sure if I saw one, I'd be like, yeah. That that, that's. I've had people. I had somebody give me a very long and stern talking to about how I should be telling people that RGB is a choice and using composite is the right way to do it. It's perfectly fine. 
In fact, using composite on a CRT is an excellent way to play all of these old video games. But it's not the right way. It's not the best way. You gotta, you know, choose what your eyes like the best. But I guarantee you, after seeing it on an RGB monitor in RGB, you'll be like, shit, yeah, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Speaking of jump cuts, uh, do you mind if I uh, go make myself another drink? No, I'll grab a second, too. So I do have a question for you. I heard that you hung out with Jimmy Hoppe live in person. I did. And uh, he has a real human face made out of skin. Well, I think, uh, uh, he was uh, live on video for the first time on my interview with him when we get drunk at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he also made an appearance in the uh, very brief cameo in the uh, M- uh, My Life in Gaming uh, M2 doc. Yes, absolutely. So I had the pleasure of meeting Jimmy Hava in person in Vegas, where we went day drinking together for reals, not just over Skype. And right. uh, it was it was every every story that you hear about don't don't meet your heroes like this throws it out the window jimmy hoppa is the fucking man he is equal to everything he is on his you know like he's the same he's exactly the same online as he is in person he was so much fucking i wasn't impressed (laughs) (laughs) in fact i'm trying to to schedule a, a a panel at portland retro gaming expo this year you know, it's like an excuse for me to drag my ass out there just so I can go out and meet up with him again. I almost flew out to Arizona, but I always, I already committed to doing a different expo on the exact same day. So, though. dude, I, I'm going to Portland Retro for sure. I mean, I'll be in Seattle, so it yeah, won't be that like sense. that far from. So I'll definitely be going. Uh, but yeah, dude, Jimmy is awesome. Uh, he was a fucking sweetheart. Uh, really cool. Um, in fact, the only thing that and I, I would that. I would say it was a disappointment, and we were both disappointed with each other over this, is we barely drank that weekend. Oh, we drank enough for all of us on the day that we drank. <laughs> but he and I, we've already decided to make up for that, you know, at this year's uh, PRG. So. Well, if I'm coming, you know, we were talking before about, like, manners, and you're around a bunch of people you don't know. I'm like the fucking Kool-Aid man that smashes through the wall and just starts yelling at shit. So, uh, yeah, um, that's happening this year, and... You know, I do have a funny, a funny Jimmy Hoppe story. So we're drinking okay. all day, and he, he's just—he can hold his drink. He's just the same Jimmy all day long. Maybe giggles a little more towards the end of the night. And you know, I'm starting to get hungry now. We've been drinking for about nine hours at this point. I'm like, all right, you know, let me get some dinner in. You know, we, I gotta get to the airport. And uh, I was like, well, you know, what's good around here? I want, you know, like, Vegas has every food you could imagine. Some of it's great, some of it's not. You know, you've been around here. He's like, here, there's a white castle right down the street. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Let's, you know, let's check Google. Let's walk around for a bit. So we're, you know, we're, because you could walk with, uh, if you're in old Vegas, you know, with the the dome there, you could kind of just walk (laughs) around with beers. So we're walking around, we're looking for stuff. And what about this place? Yeah, it sounds good. You know, there's a white castle right down there. Like, ah. So we, we keep walking, we're drinking, we finish the beer. And he's like, hey, I know a place we can go. We turn the corner and he walked me straight into White Castle. <laughs> 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 and let me tell you, I, uh, I'm not being disrespectful when I say that we were by far the classiest and prettiest patrons in that White Castle at I, 9 o'clock that night. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah J- 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 Jimmy's cool, man. He was—he uh, probably wouldn't want me to uh, say this, but he's very good with kids. 
uh, which was a shock to I'm shocked anytime anyone's good with kids just because I'm so awful with them. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. But I mean, uh, I said the same thing when I went to visit him. I'm playing with his daughter in the pool, like, you know, throwing toys back and forth, having fun. And he's like, you're good with kids? I thought you just yelled and smashed things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked anytime kid. someone's good with kids, dude. That, that That's a skill in my in my world, at least. But, yeah, like, we were there with Genovi, another YouTuber. He's got a great channel. Uh, talk about, talk like, about under-promoted uh, channels. Like, Genovi does some really good work. Um, but, uh, anyways, like Genovi's kids were there and, uh, I was like scared to talk to them because, uh, number one, like, I, I just don't want to say anything stupid and, I'm, and I know I'm not good with kids. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not good with kids already. And, um, and, but, but, but like, uh, J- Jimmy was like great with them. Like it, it was, it was amazing. Uh, if only, if only Jimmy's channel was as good as his, uh, way with kids. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I only said that cause I'm sure Jimmy's going to watch. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope he does. I I hope he gets. Uh, I hope he gets mad when we shit on him. I hope he gets embarrassed when we talk nice Dude, about him. Jimmy is another unsung hero. Actually, mm-hmm. like he is, he does so much for so many people. Like translating random stuff. He sent me actually um, uh, some scans of the uh, from a Japanese magazine. Like he's scanned it himself from a, a magazine. Like he took the time. He mentioned he knew I was doing the X band video. Well, I'm like in a group chat with him. Uh, he's like, hey, uh, I know I have a magazine where the the, the Saturn, um, oh my god, the, the Saturn modem. Like now, I can't remember what it's called because I'm drunk. Uh, but anyways, uh, the X-Band people had made it basically. He's like, and it's got some information about it. I can scan it for you, dude. He didn't have to do that. Like he does stuff like that for like so many channels. He's always and, been one of the behind the scenes players and stuff like that. He's always helped a lot of people out and doesn't ever ask for recognition. Self- selfless there was a video and i want to be purposely vague about this there was a video that i did credit him on but didn't mention ever because he went out of his way to do me a favor and translate to somebody that turned out to not be very nice but it's jimmy i mean he's lovable so the guy was nice to him but uh yeah i kind of didn't want to i didn't want to say his name because my my interpretation of everything that happened was like "Eh, this guy's kind of a dick so, and like, I even asked a different, like, I was like, hey, read this email. Make sure, you know, am I, is Google Translate wrong? You know, was Jimmy wrong? And they're like, no, that's spot on. That guy's kind of a dick. So, like, you know what? Jimmy spent a lot of hours on this. I'm just going to say that I owe him a really big favor and not talk about exactly what this was <laughs> so he doesn't get blamed if that person right, comes right, back right. at him. So, yeah, we're, uh, I'm trying to hook Jimmy up with a new streaming rig because we tried to do the live stream a month ago and it died in five minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, his yeah. yeah, his laptop like uh, overheated or something. Yeah, and then he scared me about Japanese computer import laws. I was trying to send him a spare streaming computer, so I think I'm just going to meet up with him this summer and hand it off to him. But, oh okay. So well, uh, well, let, let, let me know. Maybe we can work out. I, I, I'd be more than happy to help out. Pitch in. Oh yeah, you're going to load it up with CDI emulators. So that he could experience. Well, it. well, I thought I thought you were, I thought you were like gonna buy something for him. I'm like, I'll chip in. No, I have a I have a rig that uh, I just did the video on uh, the little small form factor PC. So oh, okay, be perfect for Jimmy. But I did, you know, some of the import laws in Japan, you're not allowed to sell, ship computers over because of, and it, it's you know, import laws are always getting weirder yeah. and weirder. My friends in Germany, I think, have it. They might have it the worst. I sent like a twenty dollar thing to a buddy of mine, and he had to pay like fifty bucks in import taxes or something. 
Actually, something similar happened. Genovi had put like a package together for uh, one of our other friends, Stika, uh, um, another underrated YouTuber. Um, you know, sent up a bunch of stuff that's like hard to get in his country or whatever, and like it sat in customs forever. There were like additional fees, and you know, it took like months for him to get it, and it ended up costing like a bunch of extra money. Like it's, it's crazy, man. Did you see the the interview that just aired today? The the Pico interview. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen it yet. Uh, although I even though I told them, hey, after work I'm going to watch it, but I forgot I had to do this after work. Um, he was. Uh... Man, I don't, I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to say this. He was great. I mean, I, I, he's always a great. Uh, he makes great videos, good interviews, and all that stuff. But um, maybe I should just jump, skip to the end, because people are going to hate me for this anyway. If you listen to that interview with the CEO of Pico and still buy their products, you deserve to have your money thrown down the toilet. Ooh. I could not believe... I couldn't believe the answers to the questions... And then I couldn't believe the confidence and smugness of those answers. Like, you know, Stika's putting them... Is that how you say it, by the way? Stika? Yeah, Stika. I I, I, I fuck every name up. But um, I I screw Bob up, I'm sure. But, you know, he he phrased (laughs) things in a way that that completely opened up the doors for Eli to talk about whatever in, in his way. And the way... Like, the one that really drove me nuts was, well, you know, what about... Complaints about a few of the things with improper plastic and the cases weren't good and things were misspelled. Mm-hmm. And he came back with, uh, well, you know, uh, I, all big com- all companies have mistakes in their products. And if somebody wants a replacement, uh, I've allowed you to, if you buy something else from the store and give me your order number, I'll send you a replacement for free. What in the flying fuck did you just say? So mm. the thing that I paid for... I could only get if I now buy something else. I buy else. something else. Yeah, you know, the whole interview is like that. The whole interview is this person telling a story Yikes. that now he's convincing other people, trying to convince other people that it's the truth. And that's every dealing I've had with this guy, by the way. He's, that's the same person when I called him out on a few things, threatened, passive aggressively threatened to write a bad magazine article about me in his friend's magazine. And I'm like, I fucking triple dog dare you. <laughs> Go right ahead. It'd be mean, too, because it's just going to send more people to the website and to the channel, and it's just going to expose how crappy that guy is. I couldn't believe it, and it's just... I don't know. Maybe I should uh, Maybe I should cut this out. Maybe we should ask Stika if we should talk about this. But... <laughs> hey, dude, I'm sure Stika would would love to uh, to to talk about it. Uh, actually, he'd probably be... You, you know, he, he's a guy that... Um, He's got like an interesting story because like he, you know, English isn't his first language, mm-hmm. obviously, and um, he's really like, I don't know, he covers like some really interesting topics that a lot of people would never have heard of, you know, because they're they're you know native to his country or what have you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think he bring, he brings a really interesting perspective to a lot of things. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he, he's he's another guy that, uh, that that I feel is really like under underappreciated, underpromoted by YouTube, even though, like, earlier I was like, listen, YouTube doesn't do the worst job in the world about... He's actually one of the people I was referencing when I said I wasn't sure if I was going to throw any name under the bus, but, uh, you know, it's it's funny because I, I've met an, 
a lot of my friends growing up, English wasn't their first language. In fact, many of my cousins learned how to speak English by swearing with other other English speaking people. So it's that weird, you know, if you see somebody with a, an eyebrow that starts here, goes perfectly across and ends here, they're probably related to me somehow. And it's so I, I have a different perspective on people that don't speak the same language as somebody else. You know, it's it's totally cool. It's not a thing with me at all. Yeah. But, you know, his grammar, though, is pretty much perfect. Perfect. But I do see the other side of that in which there are people that are not that are not confident enough to say, hey, English isn't my or whatever language isn't my first language. So you get those people around other people that speak their language, and then somebody like Stika can just disarm the whole conversation and make everybody feel comfortable. And I like that a yeah. lot. You know, I, yeah. I always, you know, there was an, an interview that went up the other day that, you know, retro gamers were into where it's just like, man, it would have been so much more charming if you spoke your, your language took the time to subtitle it and then went went from there you know it's one of those things where anybody that has a problem with that doesn't matter anyway you know it's kind of cool you know yeah. to be be who yeah. you are so I, I hate i mean i i hate saying this out loud because it always sounds like i'm reading off of some really cheesy pamphlet but like i do like making sure that whatever i'm involved in there is no language barrier because that shouldn't ever have a bearing on anybody's uh on how you interpret somebody you know yeah yeah, I totally agree. Um, oh, and I'm sorry to jump around, but I just remembered uh, something about the X-Band thing that um, uh, I, I wanted to mention. Um, so I just found out, actually, uh, Joe Britt, the guy with the perfect Lego hair uh, from the <laughs> X-Band documentary. Dude, he is a sweetheart. Actually, dude, all these guys from Catapult are sweet. I, I ended really up nice. – Dude, not only were they, the people in the video nice, but I ended up on like a um, – like a big email thread with like, I want to say there's like 20 plus former catapult employees. And there were, I think only like 60 or so to begin with. So like a good chunk of them, this big email thread that like, you know, they added me to it. Like, uh, I think Constantine, which is the, the gentleman with the, uh, the, the gray hair in the video, Mm -hmm. uh, that guy is fucking awesome. I mean, they're all awesome, but I talked to him for three hours and I had told him, like, at the end of the video, he says, hey, you asked me for a 30-minute interview, and here I am three hours later. And it flew by, and, like, honestly, like, they, they were so passionate that they were I, – I, I, I always, like I said earlier, because I loved x so much, I wanted to take my time. I wanted to do it right. Mm-hmm. But I think – because of how passionate they were and they, they really drive home in the video. Like, we wanted everything to be perfect. The fonts, you know, they, they talk about all these little things. I was like – well, I have to, you know, I, I, I'm not a professional, but I have to give as, as best possible attention to detail as I can because they did that for me when, you know, I got to use X-Fan. So that, that's how I looked at it. But anyways, uh, perfect Lego hair uh, guy. He just <laughs> <laughs> sent an email to me the other day where he remembered uh, that when the X-Fan is connecting to uh, the, ser- the, the server, um, and it starts like flashing these lights. If you roll your eyes back like this at just the right, uh, the, 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 the right speed, it'll actually like look like it says expand on the lights. Really? It, it was just like, and yeah, it was a random thing that they programmed oh. into it. Just like he, there's so many like weird little things that they did. Like I could have easily made a two hour video out of that, but I had to like be like, okay, people gotta watch this and be able to sit through it but there, there were so many like little like tidbits like that he i mean that wasn't mentioned in the video but there were lots of other things that they had mentioned um 
that I, that I didn't include because it wasn't like pertinent to the overall story, mm-hmm. but just like li- little details that stuff that they didn't have to do, you know. So, do you um, have you considered starting a Patreon? I do have a Patreon. Oh well, now I'm just the biggest douchebag on the planet. Fuck. No, no, no. I, I, I just don't like. Like, I'll mention it at the end of the video. Uh, hey, I have a Patreon, but I, I'm, well, I, I've actually been thinking about shutting it down because, like, I've been making videos so sporadically that I'm like, I feel bad. So here's the thing. Now, now you're stuck with another thing before the first thing. But I have a very strong view on Patreon in that, or, or I shouldn't say the name, any support platform, in that. If I like somebody's content, like that's why I sign up. And I realize that certain things take forever and certain things don't. And th- there is actually the new thing where you could have it where you only get a payout once you have a completed project. So I know a lot of hardware nerds that are like, they get caught in a problem, and so it takes six months, but when it's <laughs> released, it's a big deal. Whatever. It, it kind of works for everybody now. So uh, please, please do keep it up um, and please mention it more. I think people that are fans of your stuff would love to just, whether it's, whether it is only at the completion of a project, whether it is a a dollar a month or whatever, stuff like that, you know, don't forget, it's important for the people that follow you as well. A lot of people have different, a lot of people have negative perceptions on these things and you really Mm -hmm. shouldn't. Um, But the point I was trying to make before I fucking sidetracked myself uh, stuff like this would be the perfect thing for Patreon content in that fire up a camera. Just text me one day and be like, hey, hey, Bob, just shut the fuck up. Answer questions with me. On the, you know, Don't talk about you for once, asshole. Or they're like, let's do this and have a conversation about something you want to talk about that was important to you about the X-Band video or whatever video you're working on. I think the people that subscribe to you really would love to see that. And the people that don't subscribe to a support platform wouldn't really care, respectfully. So yeah. that's that's kind of a good point. platform for it. So maybe that's not the, don't put it on a second channel or put it on any channel, I guess is the better way to say it. Leave it unlisted. Leave it for your support Yeah, just on Patreon. And go from there. Because it just, stuff like this, like, you know, I know a lot of people, and I mean, once again, no offense, I'm just being blunt, but I know a lot of people that would love your documentary. And that's it. They loved it, and they're done. You know, yeah. don't want it to end, but I know a lot of other people that want to hear all these behind-the-scenes things and want to hear the stories, and... Sorry. Want to hear... <laughs> there was actually a legit explosion the other morning, and I missed it by, like, three seconds. I grabbed my camera, and, I, like, I'm hanging out, and it was a, a car fire and an explosion and everything right Jesus outside. Jesus Christ. Awesome. Now, I, I, grew up, <laughs> I grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, so... Anybody who knows what that is knows that uh, a car fire and explosion is not enough to get out of bed for. Close your windows oh, so Jesus. the smoke don't get in and you're fine. But uh, but yeah, seriously, though, I mean, the behind-the-scenes stuff, and that that was really, like, I mean, that was the, the main reason I wanted to get you on is just to talk about what we've been working on, just bounce our venting of, of making videos back and forth. Hopefully yeah. people that maybe don't know who you are might watch this and now watch some of your stuff Uh but I, I really think that's awesome. That's something that I would love. I mean, I would I would drop a Patreon subscription just for your content. But the fact that there might be behind the scenes stuff like this too would be really appreciated. So no, you, you're you're hundred percent right. No, no, you, that's really good advice, actually. <laughs> um, and the only yeah. other, I mean, this is now so now there's three. There's three advices I'll give you. Anybody that ever shits on a support platform. 
block immediately and ignore everything that they have to say because there's are just people that are jealous that they're they can't do what you can do. I you know and and I have noticed that there's like there's been a few YouTube channels that have popped up like bitching about people e-begging or whatever. E-begging. Uh, so I've been told that myself a bunch of times. Yeah, but it's like no one's forcing anyone to do anything with their money and and the way I look at it like like I there's there's like like I'm a patreon of a lot of YouTube channels. Uh LGR was the first one I like signed up for and the main reason was like damn I've watched like a shit ton of his videos. I really appreciate it. I want him to keep making these videos. Let me throw him a few bucks a month. Like I, I I've I've watched I guarantee you more hours of LGR than I have of Netflix. You know, well, I don't know. I've watched TNG a couple times over on there, so maybe not. But, uh, but, but, you know what I mean, like, like, yeah, hundred percent original first run stuff, man. Like, um, yeah. So it, it's weird. I, I try not to push it. I mean, I know some people. I, I don't mind it when I see a YouTube video and somebody does like a five second blurb at the beginning where they're like, "Hey, if you want to, if you like the video, uh, I have a Patreon." I, I don't really mind that, but I know some people do. I just, I, I try to stick mine at the end. That's what I do. Yeah. I, I, I leave it at the end more because, like, I I, I just want if you've things to, to flow. The end, you might be interested anyway. Whereas right. If you clicked off the video before the end. You were never going to want to support me anyway. So right. Respect on both ends. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and I also look at it as like, well, if you didn't stick through to the end, I did something wrong. And, and you know, sometimes people are just not going to be interested. But yeah. I always try to think like when I look at my watch time on some videos, I'll be like. Uh, okay, what? And maybe it's because I work in analytics. I'm like, okay, what did I do here? Was it the way I had? How was I uh, talking up to that point? And like, even the way now, like I deliver like my voiceovers is different from the way I used to. And I'm like, okay, what kind of music was I using? Like, like what was I doing that made somebody want to stop watching? I mean, so, don't get me wrong. Sometimes, hey, it was a bad topic or whatever. You know, there was a way to make it interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, man, like I, I, I just. I, I'm with you. I like. I I I think Patreon's great. I I don't push it very much. I'm sure if I was trying to uh, make a run at having this be my living, which maybe in two or three years, you know, uh, maybe maybe I'll I'll try that. But right now, I'm not. You know, I'm sure I would be like pushing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I don't know. I think it's weird when people complain about it. I I like. It, you know, so all right. How can I word this without calling anybody out? Um, anytime somebody makes something for free and then has a support platform and you choose to support them, everybody else could shut the fuck up. <laughs> if it's free, if you don't want to pay, don't pay. I like you how you're like, how can I say this? Everybody shut the fuck up. <laughs> but the other side, here's why I was hesitating. There was a company recently that is known, I mean, we're... It's in the tech world. So there's lots of companies that are terrible at customer service in the tech world. It's just the nature of things. But they're terrible at customer service. Mm -hmm. And their original backers, I don't know if it was Kickstarter or something, are still getting neglected because it didn't fall in the same serial number scheme. So the people that forked up the most money the earliest can't get any updates. Mm. Started a Patreon to help them with the next project. And it lasted, I swear to you, it lasted 40 minutes before they took it down. Damn. And I am 100% 
okay with that. Cause yeah, not, I'm okay with that, that too. the opposite. You charge, you sell stuff for a living. You're not good at dealing with the customers that have already paid you, and now you're asking for support to make the next thing that you're probably going to continue to be shit at supporting. No, Patreon's not for you. You should, you should just. Yeah, you should, probably in fact, not. You should go back. Being in business might not be good. Ever have other people talk for yeah. you. Hand over the reins of your uh, of your of your Twitter account to people that know know what other people might like. So, so, yeah. So, so let, let, let me ask you something. Uh, and, and I know we've been going for a while. Like, if you have something to do, let me know. Well, actually, I see you poured yourself a new drink, so you're good. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. What are you drinking? Oh, wine. Um, so, I haven't had a run to the liquor store. So, since we've started, I started with absinthe. Then I did a shot of Fireball. <laughs> then I chugged the. Uh, you had the Modelo that you started with. Yeah, you had the Modelo. And now I'm about to kill a bottle of white wine. So, oh, you know, great. So you're going to. I'm gonna an equal feel... opportunity person right here. Your brain is going to feel amazing tomorrow. Uh, at I'm sports. going to wake up clear eyed with so much energy. I, I, don't... I, I don't know how I function. I should be dead. If you saw the size of my man titties, you'd give me three days to live. Yeah, I can walk across Manhattan. All my gym rat friends, let's go do CrossFit and flip over some tires. Fuck you, walk around Manhattan with me. None of them can do it. They're all in a cab halfway through the day. But yeah, I don't know. But, but you know what? I, I I believe it though because like like in pro wrestling, there's a thing called like being in ring shape and cardio shape. So we have like lots of guys that would like be like they'd come to the wrestling school. They're like long distance runners or whatever. Their cardio is great, but in the ring. They get like blown up. They get gassed out because it's different for when you're losing your breath from running than you're losing your breath because somebody slammed you down and now all of your breath has been taken out of your lungs. However, could I go run a marathon? Absolutely not. You know, well, so I, I get where you're coming from, man. Those I guys can probably have like you that I'm neither in rig shape or cardio <laughs> shape, but I have I have been picked up and slammed down and lost all my breath, and I got up, threw a punch, and then ran the fuck away. Cause you know, <laughs> there you go, there you go. But uh, um, yeah, dude, you're, I I don't know. Like one of the reasons why like I took that year off from drinking was because I got to the point where if I had like two or three beers, I would wake up hungover. Like yeah. my body, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like now I can like I'll drink like maybe like once a week. This is weird. I'm drinking. This is the second time this week. Cause I got drunk playing uh the Oregon Trail with Jimmy Hoppa. Nice. But uh, yeah, uh. No, there was a... Everybody's body chemistry is different. I never judge. I had a buddy, Dave, who was a guitarist in a band. He looked like Dimebag Daryl, but with like light blonde hair, not dark hair, but the same thing. And I walk up to a gig one time, and he's smoking a joint that looked like something out of a Cheech and Chong movie. And he's he's a hugger. You know, hey, what's up, Bob? Gives me a big hug. Hey, man, you want a hit? I'm like, no! I don't. If I hit one hit off of that, I'm gonna be watching Avatar with my 3D glasses on, watching the blue people fuck in the woods. Like, <laughs> we get inside. I'm about to, we opened for them because they were uh, they drew a way bigger crowd at the time. And you know, I'm, I'm five beers deep, and I, we're doing a shot of Jaeger. I'm like, hey man, you want to do a shot? And he looks at me. He looks at me like I just spit on his mom. Like a shot before I go on stage. Like, Dave, you just smoked enough weed to kill everyone in this room. What are you talking about? A shot before you go on stage? Yeah. That was him. One shot, it would have killed him. But that entire joint of awesomeness didn't affect him in the slightest. So I never judge anymore. Everybody's body can yeah, be different. Whatever. It's funny, man. Um, so uh, th- th- this is a little bit. Uh, I, I, you know what's funny is like when I went to go 
refill my drink and pee. I was like, okay, these are like five things about X band. Like I want to, I want to bring up or whatever that, that I did. And now I can't even fucking think of them. Um, who are the people that were just the players? That was the question I kept forgetting to ask since I hit record. Who are the people that were in your interview that were just like the fans? Oh, okay. X-Band. The users. So there's an X band group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, after I cut together, like the, the trailer for, and, and a lot of people like give me shit. It's weird. Not, not a lot of people, but anytime I put up a trailer for like an upcoming video, uh, people are always like, Oh, why are you putting up a trailer? Uh, I, I want the whole video. Which, which I, I, I mean, I kind of get, but the reason why I do it is because I, I always reach out to people, uh, whether they were people directly involved with it or people that use it to like, get their experience with it, get their input. Um, because I, I think that's important, mm-hmm. you know? So it helps if I have something to show them, right? Not just say, I'm making a video. If I say, hey, here's a little trailer I made. So it gives them an idea of the level of professionalism that I'm at least going to take with the editing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, make make the make, – I'm sorry. I'm so long-winded. Uh, I make the, the trailer um, and I posted it on the uh, X-Band Facebook group uh, that Tommy, that guy, he's an administrator of. So um, I said at the end of it, I'm like, hey, if anybody used the X-Band – let me know. I want to hear your your take on it. Um, and I, I had a lot more than uh, the four people in it reach out. Um, but these were kind of like the four guys that I felt like kind of like there was the one guy that was like, hey, I had problems with uh, latency with this stuff. Uh, there was the one guy that was like, man, it was like super life changing for me. I was in a low spot. You know, it, it kind of like got a little Add, bit of everything to the storyline. Right, right, and, and I felt story like the added to it, yeah. Right, and, and I, you know, in the video, I don't go into my story with X Men because of my own experience with X Men. Even though I was going to include my own experience, I knew it was a product that would get like deeply personal feelings from people. People were either going to love it or hate it, and I knew most people were going to love it, mm-hmm. e- even the ones that had like a few complaints about it. And I knew it, it's so it's so unique because, especially for the time depending on what state you were and who you had like around you playing in your like players area and your connection, all this and that one person could have like a great connection playing one game. This next person could have a terrible connection playing the same game, which it worked out right with two guys. Like in the video, I have like two guys talking about MK three. One guy's like, it was the worst. It was all lagging. The next guy's like, Oh, MK three was perfect. I couldn't believe how great it was. Um, As he lives across the street from the phone company. Perfect. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it, 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 it was just like this thing because I, I didn't want it to seem like I was just like uh, – there's a lot of good things to say about X-Band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want it to make it seem like it's all good. So I wanted to kind of capture everything and you know, I, 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 I could – and part of the reason why during this interview I've kind of avoided talking about X-Band. I could talk about X-Band for hours, man. Like I was blown away by it as a kid. I couldn't believe it. It was a thing like I, I remember thinking when I was playing it and, and, my, and my buddy that I played a lot with, uh, we were just like, this is this is like the future of games. Like, and, right. and we didn't think like about like, you know, the kind of multiplayer networks that we see today. We just thought like all games in the future are going to use expand. That's kind of like what we were thinking. Right. Because we were like, this is so amazing. But it was one of those things where like I remember, dude, as a kid explaining it to people. It, like you, it, it was hard. Even even with other kids, sometimes like they just didn't get it. Like it's so foreign to be like, yeah, you use it and you can play uh, people like across the country, or whatever. And they're like, well, w- w- what do you mean you play them across the country? Like when do they show up to your house? 
like like that kind of stuff. Like, um, and, and one thing that I don't mention in the video is, so I played expand all the time. I didn't have expand. My best one of my best friends did. So I was at his house all the fucking time. And I tried explaining it to my parents. And my mom was one of the ones that's like, well, why would you call some stranger to come over here to play games? And I was like, no, mom, they're, they're not. It isn't going to be some random coming over here to play video games. She's like, I, I don't want any strangers here. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so the the one thing that struck me. So um, anytime you talk about something that like you enjoy but also has a personal connection, you always bring yourself to that moment in your life where you know that affected you. Sure. I remember the X-Band, and I remember being thrilled about this, because I'm like, that means that I could play my cousin Scott in all of our Super Nintendo games at any time, and then we found out that because he lived three towns away, because for all you kids out there, if you lived more than a mile away, <laughs> you'd have to pay money to call them. Uh, but yeah, we'd have to, it would be on, um, you know, the hourly, or the minute charge. Right, the, the long distance charge, yeah. Plus Plus the what twenty dollar a month or thirty dollar a month. Uh, well, ten bucks for unlimited. Right, right. So, but ten bucks in like nineteen ninety two money or whatever, nineteen ninety four money. Right, and I I distinctly remember my my weird scheming self like, how am I going to get ten dollars a month? So that's like X amount of lawns, plus amount of money I would have to make in order <laughs> to get video games. So I'm going to be mowing lawns four nights a week, and I have to find you know. So, yeah, it was a little. A little so, unfathomable for, for poor little me, but... So, dude, let me tell you what you could have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't interview them, but a few people reached out to me telling me that they uh, wrote to X, to Catapult, uh, the people that made X-Band, telling them that they couldn't afford it, but they but if they sent them, if they gave let them log in, they would buy the modem. If they, if they let them log in, they would tell all their friends about it, and X-Band gave them, like, free logins. So, but that's the thing. It was the modem seemed reasonably priced. Yeah, and 20 the monthly bucks. fee seemed reasonably priced. Right. But spending two hours a night calling cousin Scott to play video games did not seem. Nope. That that was the problem. And, and it would have tied up your phone line. You know, your parents probably wanted to make phone calls. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where you're a scheming little kid, so you're like, if I just, you know, if I pretend like I'm asleep and I wake up at 11 p.m. and, you know, no one will know. Oh, yeah, there you go. Knew, but, you know, <laughs> you think they didn't know, and yeah, but no, that was the only reason why, it was because of the long-distance calling, and yeah. I, I think, especially after watching that video, I think that that's the killer. It was, I mean, it was too early for its time. It was before broadband. Yeah. Now, now, can you imagine... Today, right now, 2019, if somebody says, but you need to be online the whole time to use it, like, you'd laugh at them. Like, fucking, of course. Yeah. My router's online all the time. That's yeah. why I have it plugged in. Like, what's wrong with you? So, But but you know what's funny is, like, if, and you're 100% right, like, it, it, it just came at the wrong time. It, it was both, that's why at the end, towards the end, I say it was both too far ahead of its time and too early, right? Like, it was too far ahead of its time in terms of like people didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get parents, you know, buying on it. Nobody like the no people barely understand the internet, you know. Um, everyone's scared of strangers on the internet, like abducting their kids or whatever. Um, and then also, it's like at the end of the life cycle for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Like the the, the timing is just awful, right? But uh, it. Part of the reason why X-Band worked as well as it did, though, was because it wasn't on broadband. 
because there's an additional latency there. And and the problem with broadband, and it's what Retro.Live has ran into as an issue, is that the latency is more unpredictable over modern internet. So mm-hmm. even though it's technically faster in terms of how fast you can get a large clump of data, the, there can be more latency technically. Connecting between two points. Yeah, there's a company right. called Parsec who is um, – if you if you research them, if you watch the interview I did with the, the CEO, I've used Parsec Gaming, yeah, yeah. You might you might think like, oh, but that's kind of the same as a lot of what other people are doing. What mm-hmm. they're doing is a little different and a little bit cooler. But at the end of the day, the max or the minimum that they could possibly get is about fifteen milliseconds, which means on your best possible scenario, you're talking about one frame of lag. So right. a modern game that doesn't mean shit, but if you're talking about retro, that's a big deal because right. you know if it's a variable, maybe it's one frame this time, maybe it's three frames next time. That's going to make certain like you can't have a Street Fighter tournament on that. Right. So, uh, but the things that they're doing are pretty incredible, and they're they're making a lot of things possible that you wouldn't think would be able right. to work. I, I played Super Bomberman, uh, the Famicom version, Super Famicom version over Parsec Gaming, actually, a few months ago. It, it worked really well. I was I was really impressed. Really? How, how long ago? About a month and a half. Uh, maybe, no, the X-Fan video wasn't out yet. So it had to be like two to three months ago. It still might be in. So I'm not sure if, which parts I'm supposed to or not supposed to talk about, but they're working on things. And depending on what you're using, that might have been the new thing they're working on, which was which might actually achieve like less than one frame of lag. So it it, it might have been because it wasn't on my stream. It was on a uh, I, now I don't want to say too much about it. It was on a uh, on a game developer's stream. Yeah. So maybe they have like a special. I'll text Jamie after this and be like, am I supposed to have talked about that? Was that yeah. a thing? Am I not supposed to talk about this? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's just that I love what they're doing. And I love, yeah. um, you know, it's funny too because if you when I did the interview, I don't think Benji knew who I was. So he's trying to – he's being a CEO. He's being the CEO he should be, right? You know, very public presentable, has the right answer to everything. And uh, Chris, the tech – all the time, you could see, like, whenever you see him look up into a different direction, you could hear the gears in his brain turning. And he has all this amazing knowledge, and Benji's like, are we, are we supposed to be fucking t- telling people that? Like, so I, I loved that interview, but uh, I don't know, that might have been way more, way cooler to be there in person than to watch it, so I, I apologize to anybody who watched that one, but yeah, I love that company, I love what they're doing, and that's one of those that, as long as they're still able to progress... Three or four years from now, everybody's going to know who they are. I agree. It's going to be just ingrained into to different, or, or maybe they won't. Maybe they'll get bought out, and you won't even know that you're using Parsec technology. Parsec technology, yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember, um, I was so when I played uh, Super Bomberman a few months ago, and like I said, it, it worked awesome. Like I, there was no, it, to me, there was no perceptible lag. I'm, I'm sure there there really was obviously some lag, but yeah. um, but I remember maybe like six months before that, I played Jones in the Fast Lane, mm-hmm. which is like a very simple like you know like PC game, old PC game, turn based, um, one person at a time, and I could tell there was lag on that. So, yeah, you know, so there, there's you, definitely been some improvements to say absolutely. the least, uh, it, and good it, for them. It's funny, too, because you talk about the things they're doing and you talk about some of these, like, you know, for streaming, by the way, like you joked about plugging the the composite video into your composite to HDMI. For streaming, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely the most cost-effective way to do it. Do it that way, without a doubt. 
But if you ever try playing that on a flat screen TV, you have the lag of that device, you have the lag of your TV, and then if you're using emulation, you have that lag. So you're at that point talking like half a second, which is very mm-hmm. perceptible by a human. Like, you don't yeah. even have to be a gamer. You could just be a passerby and be like, fuck's up with that. Like That's so. how I, when I stream the CDI, I'm almost half a second behind, like, playing because yeah. of that. Once again, though, for streaming, by all means, go right yeah. ahead. That's yeah. totally cool, but... It's funny to see that. So the fact that they're doing that over the internet at less of a lag than your average scaler is incredible. I love that too. It's it's pretty insane, man. And uh, yeah, and, and, and think about like expand. Like people like are like, dude. I've had people in the comments say like, expand's not real. Twenty four hundred baud modem, and they don't understand. Like it's a peer to peer connection. It's uncompressed. You're sending you're sending button presses. It's nothing. You're sending almost nothing. It's more about keeping things synced. Like, that's where the magic really happens because you're not sending a ton of data. Well, that's, I loved, I mean, this is, you know, I love the whole thing, but, you know, I loved the people side of things. But when they nerded out and talked about why they needed to go to the lower speed modem because they didn't have to use the compression algorithm, which means they didn't have to use the CPU cycles to use the compression mm-hmm. algorithm. Like, I love that shit. It's a- <laughs> oh, dude, there's a great story I left out of the X-Pan video. I'll, I'll share this real quick. So um, the, the, the the company that was making the uh, the the modem chip for them, mm-hmm. um, they changed something. Um, I can't remember if it was with its firmware or, or something, but they changed something where they, they you know, they, they, they use them. They didn't, they kept the same model number. So as far as catapult knew, there was no change. Then people get expand and they're like, Hey, this isn't working. It works fine to log in, get my emails, do all that stuff. But when I go to play with somebody, it doesn't work. They're like, what the hell's going on? So they figure out it's a certain batch of modems. One of the things that P- that I don't mention in the video is like X-Bands uh, actually sent diagnostic info back to Catapult. So when they, so they could actually, a lot of times they caught problems that people didn't even know were happening. That um, So they did all kinds of like revolutionary stuff. But uh, anyways, so they basically, they would switch off the compression when somebody was in gameplay. So they find out, like, this company made this change, and now they can't do it. They're like, what the hell? So Catapult was able to fix it by sending a firmware update to X-Band modems, and people don't even know that this happened. They just, like, one day they woke up, the next, their modems didn't work one day, the next day it worked. And they had, like, no idea. So, like, I don't know, man. They just did, like, so many cool things that were ahead of their time. I'm just, I'm smiling because that's, you know, that's what I did for years was IT stuff. And it always made me smile when I found a problem before the customer did. Mm-hmm. And then the the way that I told them was explaining how I fixed the problem they didn't even know they had. And I, like I love that. And that stems from all that stuff. That stems from forward thinking people back then that did all that. Yeah. So another cool little tidbit that I didn't mention in the video is, and I'm probably gonna get this wrong, <laughs> but you'll get the gist of it. So basically. Um, so they built a TCP/IP protocol uh, for XBand to use because they were there were some plans for some additional internet connectivity stuff, and that's all that they would want me to get into. But, uh, anyways, I guess like part of that TCP/IP protocol ended up going to the first uh, series of iPhones. Um, so yeah, it, it was crazy. Like like, and then like, there's technology I, I touched on it earlier from Xband that ended up going into like WebOS, and there were some things that were like initially kind of being worked on with the idea of it going to Xband that ended up in like other um, products. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry I'm being so vague, but one of the uh, 
conditions of like the interviews I did and why I haven't released like the full interviews for these people is like, and I totally get why they wanted to like, uh, see anything before it went out. Um, because they told me a lot of stuff off the record that they made clear was off the record. And some of the stuff was kind of like, uh, Hey, I'm going to give you some additional information to give you context around stuff. Uh, but I don't, don't necessarily want it in there. Um, and to be fair, when I sent these guys from catapult, the video, um, they didn't ask for anything to be cut out, uh, which I was really surprised about because I, I was like, surely there's something in here I put in here that they didn't really want me to go into. Because, you know, I talk about like uh, the guy from Rocket Science Games, like giving them like, you know, some of their software and stuff, you know. Uh, so, that, I mean, they, they were all like super cool. I, I, I imagine if this aired in 1999, you'd probably have a, it'd be a little different response than now, but whatever. Right? It'd be a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, dude, I heard from some people that like, uh, I won't name names, but people that helped catapult, uh, maybe in some ways that their employer at the time wouldn't have been so proud of. Like, they were happy that, like, you know, to hear that, like, oh, that little tidbit got included or or whatever. Um, dude, Steve Wozniak has been sharing the video, apparently. Yeah, I saw that. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Like, he's got some mailing list, I guess. And like, <laughs> he's been, like, with industry people, he's been sharing it with them, which is really cool. That's what I'm talking about. Good content, right? That's a great fucking story. Although he does start off the email with somebody's forwarded me a copy of it. Like, this is a bit long, but... <laughs> but I think he was just, like, saying, like, hey, just watch it. All right, Waz. So was every appearance with you and Kathy Griffin in public. So hey, whatever. I love, fucking suffer through that. I love Waz, man. <laughs> Take a deep breath. But... So I gotta ask you, though. You, you said something before that kind of... Um, I don't know. I would like to elaborate on, I sure. guess. Um, but you said how you try to be unbiased, but at the same time, like the love for these things, or or at least maybe not the love every time, but the impact the stuff that you talk about had on your life is evident in all your videos. Right. Like I kind of, I mean, maybe this is one of those supporter platform things, but I, I would kind of also like to hear the other side of that as well. And, and when I say that, I'm not trying to say any of your documentaries should have been different. I just. Like, what What are the, I guess the question I'll ask now and for this interview is, what are the things that had the most effect on you? And also, like, do, you know, why wouldn't you want to put more of that in your videos? So, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, like, trying to make videos that are, like, timeless or, mm-hmm. you know, time-proof or whatever. I, I, I feel like leaving my opinion helps with that, leaving my opinion out helps with that because I'm presenting the facts of what happened. And I think there's something to letting the audience make up their own mind with, uh, just the facts as presented. Mm -hmm. Um, like for example, like I love, uh, and, and even when I'm covering like an, an absolute failure, I always try to remember, you know, people work like human beings worked on this, right? People that, Okay, maybe not every person that worked on the Power Glove was like passionate about the Power Glove, but certainly the guys that were like, "Hey, how can we take this thing that costs that NASA uses that costs seventy thousand dollars? How can we bring it down to like something that will only cost you know like fifty, sixty bucks? Mm-hmm. You know, like that took a lot of work. That took a lot of time. That took uh, you, you know, months out of somebody's life. So I try to think of it that way, and I wouldn't say I try to put a I don't want to say I try to put a positive spin on things, but I, I, I if I'm covering a, a failure, yeah, if I'm covering a failure, people are already going to come in with a negative connotation to it. I'm covering the power glove. I mean, the power glove's not 
great unless you want to spend a shit ton of time calibrating it and you're playing like two specific games with it, right? right? Mm. So, okay, let's, why would I delve into that? Like, yeah, I had a shitty time with it too when I was 10 years old. Who the fuck didn't, you know? Let's talk about the positives of it. Like, dude, this was ambitious as hell. Mm-hmm. Did they did they succeed? No. Does it change how ambitious they were? You know, does it change like the fact that it inspired people to uh, make something like this, which my next video is on the um, the uh, Reality Quest uh, glove? The I don't know why they named it the glove. People are going to compare it to the Power Glove. Right. Real dumb. Real dumb. But um, it actually works. And if you're playing, I don't know if you've ever used it, but if you're playing like racing games with it. I prefer playing racing games with that than a regular controller. And a lot of people don't know that with this, whether it's the N64 or the uh, PlayStation version of it, you can. one of the things it has is called simulated analog mode. It'll take any game that's designed for digital-only input, mm-hmm. and it'll make it work like an analog control. Really? Yeah, like that's fucking crazy, right? I wonder how it does it. So it it takes your position, like if you're driving, it takes your position and then pulls the controller... So it presses the signal X amount of times versus how many... Yeah, that's... Wow, yeah, so, I, I would love the... T- I'm, I'm going to wait for your video. No spoilers, but I would love the, <laughs> I'd love the technical explanation. Well, i got to be honest that. with you. I've had a hard time, like, even though there's a million patents about it, I, I've been reaching out to the guys that made it. It was two brothers that, that made it to try and get some answer back because their patent's a little vague on exactly how it works. From what I've kind of gathered it seems like basically you could have always made any game on the n64 the ps1 like work as an analog game so it seems like the glove like these controllers are tapping into that Mm -hmm. and like somehow superseding that that's kind of the impression i'm getting but i'm gonna try and uh get with them but dude it's crazy there's literally a switch on oh this one's actually hard to see but on this one there's like a little switch for like I probably can't tell, but this one for like digital, Mm -hmm. simulated, and then analog. And you literally flip it to that. And I haven't run into a single game that it doesn't work on. Really? Yeah. I'm sure there is, you know. But it's it's crazy, dude. Um, Now, this is all hard plastic. After a while, it gets pretty uncomfortable. And I don't recommend playing like platformers on it where you're like doing this. Because your wrist is like the, the directional pad, basically. Mm-hmm. So do I want to do this for like an hour playing or two playing a game? No, of well, course. Jimmy Hopper would, but you know. Well, he does that for other things. <laughs> you know, if I'm playing a driving game, do that or whatever, you know. No, Actually, 100%. for fighting games, they work really well. Really? Again, I wouldn't. Yeah, because you can set it so like it responds to like really. You can set like how um, quickly it responds to your wrist. So you can set it to be real tight where you're just like. Right, yeah. So. I don't know, man. It's underrated. But uh, anyways, your question was about like uh, my opinion and trying not to interject it and why I don't interject it. Um, you're you're I, pretty I, clear about that. Like I, I now have a clearer opinion of how you approach him. But like what were the things growing up that that really made a mark on you then? Digital pictures, man. That was a big one. I loved digital pictures. And I, re- I actually wrote like a paragraph in that original script about like my personal feelings about digital pictures games and i love i love fmv to this day but then i cut it out because i'm like no this is this comes off like real weird <laughs> you played ground zero texas right yeah when was the last time you played it uh about a year and a half ago i, I streamed it so the Listen. last time i played it was 
20 years ago, and then a week ago, or two weeks ago, for the Mega SD video. And I immediately hated it. <laughs> it's not and a good I, example. I genuinely wished that I'd never played it again, because all of my memories as a kid were like, look at this new thing, there's people, yeah. but like... It's a video game with real people, and now playing it, it's like, this but, is a giant piece of shit. But Ground Zero Texas was, if I'm not mistaken, an American Laser Games yes. game. Mm-hmm. All their games <laughs> are kind of the same. Yeah. Space Pirates I like because it's kind of like fun because it's so campy. I don't think I ever played that one. But. So it, it's just like Ground Zero Texas. Everybody you shoot in the same order, you know, at least like if you're playing Corpse Killer you know they come you can shoot like multiple at once you can choose which order you shoot people in or zombies in or whatever um i i don't know like i just i appreciated i guess the audacity of like tom's you know in digital pictures to be like we're gonna combine gameplay with fucking video and this is gonna be the the wave of the future and i don't know man like that was one of them um I, i agree getting a sega cd and playing those games made such a mark on my childhood like this is incredible! I can't believe I'm doing this. And some of them, some of them hold up for campy reasons. Some of them mm-hmm. hold up because they're decent. And some of them are Ground Zero Texas. Yeah, <laughs> dude. FMV is like feast or famine, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you either have like a great game. I shouldn't say a great game. But what you usually have is like a decent game from a gameplay perspective that like is enhanced by the FMV. Mm-hmm. I've never played like an FMV game where like wow the gameplay was so great, you know. But like in conjunction, right, it can make a great game. Or you just have, like, shit gameplay and then FMV, which can't save shit gameplay, mm-hmm. you know? But uh, X-Band obviously was another one that I was, like, a real big fan of. Um, I have a soft spot soft spot for the 3DO. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of Trip Hawkins in mm-hmm. particular. I, I think he's, like, a really interesting guy, and it's really interesting. I, I go into it a little bit in the video on the 3DO where he talks about how he's disappointed in like modern day EA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a real interesting guy and he has, he's done like a lot of like charitable stuff that, that I really admire. Um, th- those are probably like the biggest ones. Um, I was always a huge fan of rare and I'm really sad in th- what they've turned into. And at the end of my three video series on rare, I like it was before uh see if thieves had come out and it looked like it was rare returning to form, you know, like, I don't know if you've played Sea of Thieves, but I, it's not that great in my yeah. opinion. Most people don't seem to like it. So, But in that one, I was like at the end like real hopeful about Sea of Thieves. When they did Donkey Kong Country, that was... I mean, that changed the game for everything. Yeah. I mean, the whole gaming world was like, well, shit, this is what we have to compete against now? Like, I remember thinking, because that was towards the 94, almost towards the end of the... You know, Nintendo life cycle, right? Because uh, Nintendo 64 comes out in uh, 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, 94, same year X-Band came out. And it failed partly because it was towards the end of it. But I remember, dude, I got the, uh, the fucking VHS in the mail because I was a Nintendo Power subscriber. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even have to get the next-gen system. Look what the Super Nintendo can do. That's literally what I thought as a kid. I can't remember if I told this in the last interview, but it's such a moment in my childhood. But I remember going into a Funko Land where I knew sort of knew one of the guys that worked there because he was known that like he'll buy master system games and no one mm. in like the northeast like most people didn't know what that was and i'm talking to him and all of a sudden i mean he's like he's a kid too so i'm 11 and he's like 16 so he's still an adult to me but like right, we're right. both kids and he's like 
He's like the drug dealer with something in his pocket. He's like, what I got? And he whips out a sealed copy of Donkey Kong Country two months before it was released. I went, where did you get that? And he goes, I bought two. Her dad works for uh, Nintendo, but she has a Genesis. So she wanted to trade him in, and we couldn't trade him mm. in because it's not a real game yet. So I just bought them both. I'm like, that's awesome. I got dibs on the other one. What do you want for it? And my mom was there, and she had no idea what was going on, but she knew it was important. She felt it. She felt the moment, so she was just, yeah. here's your fucking $30. <laughs> $30 is a bargain. No, I, I traded him a bunch oh, okay. of shit plus 30 bucks. so it was like, it was full price, but yeah. I got it like at least two months before it was released, and I was just like, blo- I was blown away by the entire scenario. Dude, I'm yeah. jealous now of you for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I can play cool. it now. I still have my fucking VHS, and I'm jealous of you. I remember Dude. beating it and telling people at school, and they're like, you're a fucking liar. And I'm like, oh. That's, a, that's the one thing I hate when people call me. I'm like, okay. I'm going to bring it in tomorrow. They're like, it's not out for another three weeks. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. And I brought it in, everything. I'm just like, here you go. You can all go fuck yourself. <laughs> Dude, I remember, like, like my parents have never been into video games. They don't, they don't give a shit. But I remember I dragged them into my room to uh, to watch me play that game. And, uh, like, I, th- I think I, like, talked my grandparents into buying it for me because, like, I didn't have the money and it wasn't, like, my birthday or anything. And I don't know. I must have whined or something. Uh, but anyways, I get the game. It's amazing, right? Especially, like, if you're playing on a CRT TV, you know, it kind of covers up, you know, some of the uh, maybe I- – I- if you play it, like, on a modern-day TV, it doesn't, like, hold up quite as well. I, I feel like if you play it on a CRT TV, it looks amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even I remember them coming in and going, oh, my God, wow, this looks – I, this looks amazing. My dad says this looks so real, so real, even though it's like cartoonish. Like, that's funny. <laughs> All right, so we are one drink refill break, one Skype broke honest break, and then one pee break. So I feel like this is even. I feel like this is comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I mean, I feel nothing because I've been drinking so much, but uh, I feel pretty. You are pretty. <laughs> so one of the things I talk about in the X-Fan video, or, or not me, but the guys from Catapult talk about, is the uh, cryo bombs, right? Where they, like, set off these, like, hydrogen, like, explosions or whatever to, like, mm-hmm. screw with each other. So it was a sto- another th- – there were, like, three of those stories. Uh, I just only put one of them in the video. But, like, there's another one where, like, they set off, like – they figured out a way to like double the explosive power of them and they set one on a chair like on the rooftop. <laughs> I'm drinking, so uh, if anyone from Catapult is watching this and I'm getting the, the details incorrect, I apologize. I'm sure you understand. Uh, but the gist of it was they had like set it on a chair and uh, they lit it or set it off or whatever and then they all like went away from it, right? Mm-hmm. And then it Boom, makes this big explosion. The chair goes across like this, the roof or whatever to the other end of the roof. Uh, you know, they're all high-fiving, this and that. And um, uh, they start uh, walking towards it. And then they're like, oh, my God, only one of them went off. Oh, shit. <laughs> and like they're both like double potency. Oh, I remember what they did. They, they put them in something to cool down uh, the, the, the overall temperature of it. So it, w- it would let, like, the hydrogen, like, have as much, twi- almost twice as much room to expand or something. I don't remember. But it was going to be about twice power. So they're like, oh, shit. So they all, like, run away from it. And, uh, you know, they're, like, waiting for it to go off. And it's not going off. And they end up having to call, like, the fire department. 
And uh, this is like on a weekend. Otherwise, like they would have been really screwed with whoever owned the building or whatever. And uh, basically, like that was the end of the hydrogen things. Like the next day, like uh, Perlman, that was like I was trying to whose name I was trying to remember earlier. One of the co-inventors of the original Expand prototype who like went on to like create WebOS and all that stuff and on live. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he was like, ah, people could have died. Like blah, 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 blah. And that was pretty much the end of the cryobombs. Uh, but apparently there were like a bunch of uh, of cryobombs. There's another great story where uh, if you look at the source code, uh, there's some of it out there uh, for like expand stuff. You know, like if anybody who's ever done programming, you can write stuff, right? You can like write notes in there. And there's like a lot of like cursing, a lot of like things, like a lot of inside jokes, like all, all good natured, all in good fun, right? Well, that's the kind of office they ran, you know? And at one point somebody had like taken like tape like um mat uh like like uh duct tape or something like that on a beam that was on a ceiling like written the word fuck up there right well unbeknownst to everybody else board members uh were coming in because there were like investors from viacom and cbs like all these all these companies that were coming in for a big meeting the other that 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 next day and perlman or somebody like one of the like kind of head honchos walks in he looks up he's like what the hell? You guys can't just have the word fuck written up there. He's like, you guys got to take that down. So I, like, okay, they take the, they go to take the, um, the tape off. It peeled back the paint. So it left fuck up there permanently. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so I guess they had to like, as soon as people walked in, like route them to the conference room, like real quick. I'm like, no, 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 don't look up stories there. like that. The yeah. bomb story. I laughed out loud when I listened to it. It's funny that you told me that one because with a bunch of nerds, like I would have, I would have blown something else up on that. I totally would have just like, all right, time bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the double explosion. Yeah. I think they like the unpredictability of it. And the funny thing is like that, if I'm remembering what I was told, right. Uh, Perlman, uh, you know, the guy that in the, in the expand video, the guy whose house, they like set the cryo bomb off of, he was kind of the guy that brought cryo bombs into the fold. So it was all like his idea. So, you know, they're, they're they're just like a bunch of like young dudes. Like think about it. If you're like in your early 20s, early to mid 20s, maybe late 20s at the most. And you just helped build Mac OS. Mm-hmm. You just helped build Mac OS. You're smart as fuck. But, you know, you're also like a young dude full of testosterone in your 20s. And, you know, you because these guys could have kept working it out. Even though Apple wasn't doing that great at the time, they were all earning a great living. Mm hmm. Um, and like the CEO that ended up coming over and all these people, they all came from like Sony and, um, THQ, you know, companies where they were, they were already doing well, but they all believed in like this product, but they're also young and crazy, you know, you know, so I, I, it's, it's just amazing. Like they like played as hard as they worked, you know? Um, and it comes off like, man, when you like see it like there's a lot of like 90s attitude for lack of a better term like in the way the icons animate like all this like extra shit they didn't need to do like when they when you log into like or you start it up the a flips around like in this 3d thing that they obviously had to do something similar to what like um they did for donkey Kong country mm-hmm. because it's definitely cgi and it's super smooth literally every frame they like did um I don't talk about it in the video, but like the thing with multiple profiles, that was added a few weeks before it went to market. Like, yeah, and I, it, but you you talked about that a little bit in the documentary, but oh, do I mention? Okay, ninety nine percent sure because it was the the attention to the font 
as well as the animations was definitely something yeah, that you talked about. That, that's in there. I, I mean, the multiple profiles, have, being able to have four different profiles. I don't think I talk about. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think of that one, but. Somebody from marketing was like, hey, uh, you know, they were doing some obviously like market testing. Mm-hmm. Whatever, and they're like, hey, we need to have uh, make it so people can like choose multiple profiles. And they were like, what? We're about to go to we're about to release. You know, we're about to go to manufacturing. We, we don't have time for this. And then Khan, the guy in the video with the gray hair, he's like, wait a minute. I can just make a tweak to the database to do this without using any extra memory. And he came over like this, like real crazy way to do it, like in one day. Like, it's awesome. So there was a there was a quote. And it was like a famous quote from a famous inventor, and I never remember it. It's one of those things where, like, I'll be laying in bed later, and I'll remember it word for word, and then I'll wake up tomorrow and not remember it. But it was basically like, it was a quote that was around the concept of if you have a small box to play in, and you're forced to focus everything you've got on this, you know, mm-hmm. so many good things can come out of it. Whereas if you take that same person and say, do whatever you want, nothing will ever get done because there's so many different opportunities. So it's like, if this is the sandbox you have to play in and this is the tools you have, like that scene in Apollo 13 where, like, here's everything in Apollo 13 right now, let's make this spaceship get home. Like, people just find ways to make shit happen. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and and, and those guys, um, you know, they're the cream of the crop. There's a reason why they went on to create Android and OnLive and WebOS. And, you know, not not all of those things were successful, obviously, but they were still, like, revolutionary and they, like, built – I mean, just now, like, Google, you know, is having, like, a gaming streaming thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of the guys from OnLive had that idea way back. That was an idea he had – when X-Band was like in market, he just knew it wasn't the time for it. And well, I guess it wasn't the time for it either when it was around when he did it. But the point is like these guys were like visionaries mm. and they have this attitude of like, fuck it. Why not? Like it's kind of like their attitude. Like, mm. and, and I think Constantine um, says in at one point in the documentary, I know he definitely said during our interview, he was like, he said something like, yeah, we, we, we were like, like we would be trying to do all these things like anti-alias fonts. On a Super Nintendo Sega Genesis, why? 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 I love it. I fucking love it. And, and he's like, you know, why not do it? Like, what, don't you want something you want to be proud of? You know? And here he is, like, 20-something years later. And I can tell you, like, I appreciate it so much that you shared the video, even though you did it uh, by mocking me and impersonating me doing this. How dare you? I'm mocking my beautiful hair, <laughs> sir. I How- do not think <laughs> that you how done you know, anything dude, wrong I knew I was doing it. I knew I was doing it like, while I was filming, but I was like, it's better than this weird fist. It was the better of two evils. But um, <laughs> anyways, like he says in the video, like, what do you, you want something that you're proud of? And here he is like 20 some odd years later, proud as hell to be talking about it. And I know that and the reason why I said like I'm happy that you shared it and anyone who's like watched it or shared it is because – I've been like these guys have been like watching like the comments and like sometimes like they'll send like an email to the that group email I was telling you about with like a snippet or like I'll tell them you know like hey this happened or somebody said this about your hair Joe but then they also said this about like dude he has amazing hair Th- that dude is like in his fifties <laughs> he looks like in his thirties get out of here um, but uh, yeah like it, it like and I know. Um, at least like one or two people that I interviewed ended up reconnecting with their old friends from Catapult because of it, which is like really rewarding for me. And I've seen a few people in the comments section that 
uh, you know, they were just users of X-Band. But they've found each other. They're like, hey, I was such and such uh, gamer tag on X-Band. Um, you know, this is my gamer tag on X-Band. Did anybody, like, belong to this clan? <laughs> you okay? Jesus Christ, can you believe that's water? I tried, I tried to keep going, but then I saw you water. I tried to... I... Are you okay? I'm going to leave this in. <laughs> you should definitely leave it in. Don't drink water, kids. <laughs> just drink vodka, kids. You won't have these issues. I didn't um, cough once. I just drank a bottle of white wine, a 24 Modelo, a shot, and a thing. Yeah. Water. Should have just been having uh, vodka like me. But uh, yeah, dude, like people that like played against each other on X-Band have reconnected in the comment section of the video. Like, shit, really? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I like. I can think of at least like five or six people, uh, five or six pairs, I should say, mm-hmm. that like found each other or whatever. And I've had a couple people like because uh, my DMs are open, um, like email me, like message me, like, hey, uh, uh, Jonathan from uh, your video, like, uh, it, it, could you let them know that I'm such and such, like whatever, you know? And like, it, it's so fucking cool, man. Like. I don't know. I, I like that. That made it. Even though the other day, I feel bad, now, extra bad now that I complained complained about it having one hundred seventy three thousand views. But a lot of that is like, I I love I, I loved X Band so much mm-hmm. as a kid. Still to this day, that uh, I just want people to like know about it. And I, I guess that's really why I make these videos. Like even when I made the, the Game Shark video, like you were asking me earlier about like my personal opinion on these videos and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like I liked. Uh, like I was a Game Genie kid. I used Game Shark, but and I know Game Shark's better. Don't get me wrong, but like Game Genie was like when I was like really like I needed these cheat codes, man. Do you uh, remember the NES one? Do you remember when that first came out? And you yeah, were that like, was my. You and I can do what? Yeah, that was my first uh, Game Genie, man. Me too. But uh, you know, I like I loved going into like all like the little like details about like the business deals and like I for that one I had to go to like a library. I had to physically go to a library to like get like. Uh, printouts of like a newspaper because they only had like a little clipping of it online um thankfully it was in the state of florida but you know that's the kind of stuff where like i I don't know man like i i just i just want people to like be as passionate about the game history as i am and whenever i see people in the comments like reliving their childhood or like rekindling you know some like passion with them like i've had people leave comments like hey i used to play video games uh i don't play them anymore but here I am. But I, I like your videos. And then, like a few months later, they'll be like, "Hey, uh, I don't know if you remember me, uh, but uh, from your videos, I got back into video games." Like, That's what's really fucking, awesome. what's fucking better than that? You know, I mean, like, like the ad revenue is nice. It's not paying my mortgage or anything, but right. like that kind of shit, dude. That's the kind of shit that like gets me going. Like when I see that, you know, like somebody remembers something. It's not lost. These guys from Catapult that like you know made very little money they left great six-figure jobs in night in the mid 90s to go do this sorry i know i'm ranting no, uh people like bare, not a not a lot not a lot of people signed up for expand they did the best they could and then like people forgot about it you know like it, it's weird that people forgot about expand because it was everywhere right yeah, it, no, it, it makes sense that you forget about it because it was such a groundbreaking, amazing thing, and then it they, went away, and then everything they, they have has it built in. But you know, dude, they, they didn't call it X Band, but you right. know. they had like these ads on Monday Night Football and baseball with Nancy Car- uh, not Nancy Kerrigan, uh, Tanya Harding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
like I, and I couldn't find one, dude. I spent days looking for this ad. Um, I even like reached out to like services where you like pay to like license the the ad, the, the the footage and stuff, and like nobody could like fucking dig it up. Um, but they spent a lot of money on this stuff, and like it's crazy. Like it was kind of forgotten about, right? And to see people like remember and see these guys like so happy that like oh we're kind of like getting our our due now you know people are like yeah we are the forefathers of Xbox Live and PSN and I don't know man it warm it warms my heart yeah I love this shit look I I'm I'm such a, a, a weird nerd at heart I love the hardware all this stuff is you know the the hardware is what keeps me going it's what mm-hmm. makes my brain work. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't as I was just prepared to vomit in your own throat, people. <laughs> but if it wasn't for the the the, fr- the friends that I've made and like like how much fun it is to work on this stuff with people, I wouldn't do it. If it was just the nerd part of it, I, I would if the pay was good enough. But the fact that I get to meet all the people that I do, I get to talk to people that have done things, like. There was one person, once again, I don't want to call anybody out, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but they did something that no one's ever done before, that up until they did it, people said that couldn't be done. Definitely mm-hmm. not. And when I did the video on it, they were like, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed. You, you kind of make this seem like it's a little more important than it is. I'm like, eh. It is. You're actually the one who's wrong here. It is really important. Right. And it's awesome that I get to be a part of that. Even if I'm just the... I mean, essentially, all I am is the cheerleader in the middle with the pom-poms, right. making the introductions, talking about stuff, and I'm fine with that 100%. That's <laughs> totally cool with me as long as I, I get to be a part of it. So, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Well, well, dude, that's why, like, when you were mentioning, like, people who uh, – a lot of YouTubers – and I'm not trying to rag on anyone, and I know you weren't either. There's a lot of YouTubers that just, like, rat, like they get in front of a camera, and they just give their opinion on something. And, and I'm not saying that, that there's no value to that. Um, because especially if you have the personality for it, um, and the, the insight and the, I mean, sometimes people, I was literally about to say that word. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the ins. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply you were cutting me off, but like, yeah, if you have like the insight and the personality for that, you can really make that work. Like, I mean, there's some people I watch like AVGN nowadays. I love it more when James just like does AVGN, not being angry, but just giving insight because he has like yeah. good insight in my opinion. So his first couple of seasons, no one had done it like him, and then there was the copycats that all sucked. And that, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I got. I rate gamer for life, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he's a nice guy. No, I I think he's still active. Actually, I get your point, but it—I mean, it's you know, his his unique brand of of weirdness is what what reminded me of how much I liked this stuff and why like. All right, now I get to do all these other things too, the nerdiness and the nostalgia and everything at the same time. But yeah, you're right. Now you know that's been played out. I, I still enjoy his videos. I still Me watch too. Them all, but. He's a, he's a, he's an unsung reviewer. I think like sometimes his comedy almost gets in the way of his like insightful commentary and in some ways. But um, yeah. So he, at first thing, I mean things like you know the the swears he'd come up with is what would make right, him laugh right. so hard. But Me too. The reason you could watch them more than once isn't because of that swear that was funny the first time you heard it. You're right. It's the insight. It's the it's the tying things together and putting things in words that were in your brain as a kid. Right. That's right. You know, why why is a turtle running out of wolf fucking air? A turtle right. can swim. Get the fuck out of the <laughs> Right, right. He's not just making a joke. He's like, here's what here's the joke, and it's funny. 
but here's why this joke shouldn't even exist. Yeah. yeah you know? Absolutely. Um, so he, he, he's, he's great with that. But, um, yeah, man, like, uh, I don't even know why I brought him up or like what point I was making about YouTube, but, uh, oh yeah. About people that just like speak into a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, that, that, that's fine and all that. And there's some people I watch like there's just, there's like, I'm not a fan of a lot of reviews in general, but there are a few reviewers that I like I watch religiously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they speak to me, their personality, their style, their editing or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I just wish that, uh, there was more, I don't know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier and I'm doing a drunk rant here. I think I feel like a lot of people that complain about YouTube, other than the people that are like wrongly, uh, copyright claimed wrongly copyright. So I, Dude, I fucking get that shit. Mm-hmm. But if people are a lot, a lot of times I find that people that are like, YouTube's not promoting me. YouTube's not doing this. How good is your content? Mm-hmm. You know, um, my first, at least my first 10 videos, like I wouldn't, ex- if I put them out right now, at least I wouldn't expect YouTube to like promote them. Like, dude, the other night, for some reason, I decided to watch my old Superman 64 video. And immediately I was like, a few minutes into it, I was like, I need to redo this. Like, the editing's fine. My voiceover, it sounds like I'm reading. It sounds like... It, it just... I'm like, ugh. You know? And So I gotta ask you a question, then. When you listen to songs that you recorded a million years ago, whatever that <laughs> might be, what, what what do you feel when you when you hear those? All right. So, uh, funny you mentioned that. So, I was... Uh, I, I think we talked about this last time. I was in a few bands, right? Beforehand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so... Two, so I only recorded music with three of those bands. Mm-hmm. Two of those bands, I I hate. I hate the overall product, the overall song with like everything tied in together. The recording quality I don't like. So there's a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the last band I recorded with, I actually like our stuff. I think it holds up well. Don't get me wrong. There's things I would definitely change. There's uh, some stuff I catch. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not. My singing wasn't quite on pitch there, or that harmony's a little weird, or whatever. But um, you know that that was also the la- the band that I like was in the longest, and like we were doing like forty hour a week like practice sessions and that kind of stuff. So, uh, however, um, of that band, I only listened to like the the last EP we recorded. If I listened to any of the demos before that, I'm like, this is shit. This is shit, shit, shit. Well, I mean. A demo shouldn't count in this conversation because a demo for anybody that's ever done music, just like anybody who's edited a video that's only shown their other videographer friends type of thing. Like you can't listen to a demo and, and think it it's a song for somebody that doesn't do these things. Whereas, Fair. you know, if you're a musician and you cut a demo and you send it to me, I could listen to it and understand where you're going from. Blah blah blah. So, I, I mean, the finished product and it just it cracks me up because I have a few friends. One of them put out an EP that I love. I still, I mean, the band broke up a million years ago. I still listen to them to this day. And I, every once in a while, I'll bring it up and I'm like, I can't listen to that. Why? Dude, I've got, I've got a friend like that too. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's not me. I, I, I love all of the stuff I record. I wouldn't play the demos anywhere. I'd play you the demos because you get it. No offense to anybody else listening that's not a musician, but I'd play a musician the demos. I'd play everybody else the rest. I'd, you know, and I, if they asked, well, here's what I'm embarrassed about. Here's what I'm proud about. But, like, I'm happy about my content. And so let me ask you then, um, from songs that you've written or 
or riffs maybe is a better way to look at it. Do you ever listen back to like a really old song and you're like, okay, overall the song's not bad or I like the song, but do you ever listen? Because the way I listen to it is like, oh, I don't like the way I finished that riff or, um, you know, that, that, that's like the, the minutia that I end up like getting hung up on. Like, how is it when you listen to like one of uh, your old songs or your old riffs or, or whatever, like, so Maybe it's because of my ADHD or something, but I was always the riff guy. So I would write the riffs, and it's funny because I it's I don't think I've changed much in my, all of my years because it's the same thing with the videos and that my I, I still love all of my old riffs and some of them in the last album we wrote we, were, we needed extra stuff and I was like well here's the shit all that old stuff yeah here's all this old stuff I that's used awesome to have. and and uh, the person I was writing songs with was like oh fuck yeah this one this one that one that one so there there's like uh, at least two riffs on the last album I put out that I wrote when I was 14 or I'm like yeah. that's awesome and then you see this video, the, the last Mega SD video that I just put out, and there's some little tidbits in there, which, you know, it's like the vi- the video version of a riff, where it's like, I went right from this into into this transition, into that thing, and it's like, I'll always look at that and be like, Like, like your greatest hits kind of a thing? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, okay, that's actually a fair point, and I get that, because uh, I've actually used, P- I think people don't really realize, but my Game Genie video, I've used, like, parts of it in three other videos oh really um just like a couple like transitions like where there's like some documents are relevant to it like in the game shark video part of the reason why game shark was able to do what it did here was because of game genie's uh lawsuit or galoob's lawsuit Mm -hmm. uh with nintendo so like i was like well why would i edit re-edit that you know um, when if it's you already like, did it right the first time, just use right, it. right, right, and it's literally just like, oh, here's a document, it flashing, you know, not, nothing like crazy or whatever. Um, but that's interesting, man. I, I, I that, that's interesting. Uh, I, I, I guess I, uh, I, I just like as a mus- as a musician, I was always just like. So basically, the guy that I mostly played with, uh, he was in uh, two of the three bands. He would come up with a lot of the rips, and I guess I was like the the Lars to an extent where I would like come with a way to like put them together and maybe I would write like a riff to like bridge them or whatever and then maybe come up with like a whatever the chorus would be or whatever uh so yeah that, that, that's pretty that's pretty cool man like I would love to be able to like say like a riff I wrote when I was 14 was good but I was a real shit guitarist at 14 so maybe really? that's a, yeah no, dude I just it, when you break it down, it's always the same thing for me. When you look at any anything that you've done and anything that you've created and finished, where it's just like if if there's something you did that from day one you were like, this is cool. The stuff that you wrapped around it may have been shit, but there's always that one cool thing. So, so, so do you think it's different with like, like I was mentioning with that Superman video? I'm like, the editing's fine, the the script is fine, my voiceover though, eh. same thing, yeah. I'm like, ah, I wouldn't do it like that, you know, so... Uh, yeah, it's the same thing as if it were a song. You'd be like, all right, well, I like the song, I, you know, I like the, the thing, but I like, let's record it with this mic, let's change this, let's... It's so funny just to see how all this stuff crosses over between uh, yeah. between different art forms, if that's what you call it. I don't yeah. know, it was a metal band, so it's hard hard to call it an art form. No, dude, <laughs> like, I, I, I think songwriting has a lot to do with video editing, because mm. you're still trying to tell, like, a cohesive story... Uh, you know, obviously when it's a song, it's a musical story. You don't want to just go from the beginning to the end. 
Mm-hmm. That, that that makes no sense. And you don't want to start with like the bridge. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense either, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of like parallels with pacing, you know, like the way you would pace like a uh, 12 minute, like more of an epic, you know, metal song, obviously, like, well, you might need to have a bigger bridge or like maybe a second interlude, you know, and, you know, maybe you do a key change because of how long it is to keep things more enticing. Well, same thing with a video, right? You got to take them on a journey. So I, I think there's like a lot of parallels. And yeah. I mean, this is my unscientific opinion based on you and I being metal, former metal. Well, you're still, I think, playing actively. I'm not. But metal musicians, it's like, uh, you know, you want to take them on a journey. Right. And I think like songwriting's a lot like you're still telling a story either way. But at the end of the day, to make your point that you made before, if if something is long, whatever long might be, but you don't feel like it's long, then you've accomplished the goal, right? Right. right. So if there's a dream theater song that's you know nine hours long, but great example, if you feel like it's only an hour, then yeah, you've won. Yeah. Or if it's a Metallica off the Call of Cthulhu, album, or, oh yeah, yeah, long, yeah, yeah. This is for all better yeah. example. Awesome. Yeah, because Call of Cthulhu is actually only like six minutes, I think. I don't think it's very long. Yeah, you know Dave Mustaine wrote that one? Dude, did you see he's got throat cancer? Craziness, right? Did you ever okay. meet him? No, no. I've heard he's a, he's a sweetheart, though. No, I, I met him at the resurgence of one of his, one of his going back to alcohol, but that's, <laughs> that's how I wanted it. Like, he, he was rubbing the sleep out of his eyes. He walks around like I paid. I was young enough. To like to still be excited about it, but old enough to have the money to have bought this myself. So probably twenty one or something. We we bought the behind the scenes package, and I brought my guitar. And my buddy Frank, I, he's definitely not watching this. But my buddy Frank from Metadox, who he was in like as big of a band as you could get in, where everybody outside of your town doesn't know who you are, but you're famous and you're like he's one of those. Okay, he knew everybody at the venue. He knew all the security. He knew everything. So we walked in and out like we owned the place. And I got my guitar into the signing. I was the only person who was able to do that. And it's just sitting there. And everybody walks out. And, like, the rest of the band members are trying to be nice. Because it's a beat old guitar. And they're like, oh, look, here's a guitar. And he walks out. He's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, sorry, it's mine. He goes, ah, what do you want me to do with it? And I just, you know, I hand him the Sharpie and he signs it. I'm like, that's perfect. That's perfect. I don't... I want him to be Santa. I want him to be the thing that's not real. Be the angry Dave Mustaine. <laughs> right, right. I don't want that. Like we even got a picture where he was like, "You, you, you don't want, you, you don't want to humanize him. You want, you still want no. him to have an air of mystery." And uh... no, I grew up being the fucking little weird kid. Where every time yeah. I listen to one of their songs, or like like um, uh, "Skin of My Teeth," where all the times that you know it was pronounced dead, where it's like, "No, that that's who I want." That's the person yeah. I want. I don't want you to be nice to me. <laughs> so, like, I was always, like, a big, uh, like, metallic. So, I was <laughs> into, <laughs> growing up, I was into classical music and uh, metal. And, uh, like, before I learned. sense to me. Yeah. So, uh, it, it does to me now, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, especially, like, Baroque music, which has, like, a lot of, like, similar, like, stuff with, like, uh, the modes and stuff that you play, like, in, like metal solos and stuff. Or but like, the intense Spanish acoustic guitar is actually the same, the same thing. Right. Like Rodrigo y Gabriela, it's, that's a metal band right there. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I first, like, learned how to play violin and cello, like, all these instruments, and then, like, eventually guitar or whatever. But point is, like, I was always, like, a Metallica 
is like what got me into playing guitar. Like mm-hmm. I had taken lessons for like very briefly, like maybe like a couple weeks when I was like eight or something. I was like, ah, whatever. And then I was like 16. I heard Master of Puppets. And when I was 16, like Master of Puppets had already been out for like 10 years, mm-hmm. but I had never heard it somehow. And I, I remember I heard it and I was just like, I, I, I pulled over my car. I, I'll never forget. <laughs> I, I, I had the one only time I pulled over a song, uh, uh, my, my, my car for like that. I was blown away. And I was like, I have to learn how to play this. And yeah. like, and, and like, so like, I, I was always a Metallica guy, but, um, oh, obviously eventually you find out about the history of Metallica and Dave Mustaine mm-hmm. and blah, blah. And I was like, ah, oh, I get that. No, whatever. Well, whatever. Once I got that shot in my system, Dave Mustaine is one of the greatest like guitarists of all time. And yeah. he's not a bad vocalist. I wouldn't say he's great. I wouldn't say James Hetfield is great either. My cousin Nick and I talk about this all the time. If you just say, is he a vocalist? He's fucking terrible. But can you think of a better vocalist for Megadeth? I can't think of another vocalist for Megadeth. Never. I mean, I don't know. uh. It's funny you told the pull over the car story because I always wanted to. I knew I wanted to do something with music. So, of course, you want to be a singer if you don't know anything else. And then I watch Slash walk up on the guitar during November Rain. And I'm like, that... That's what I want. I want to play guitar. And I wanted it until I heard Rust in Peace. And the first nine notes. I need to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I need to. That's why I have the Rust in Peace guitar right behind me up on the wall. So, uh, yeah, that was that very quickly became a need. And that was that's why my guitar style is the way it is. And that's why most people can't work on my guitars. Because they were like, oh yeah, we set the we set the exact height of the strings off the thing, and I play it, and it all sounds like mud because I'm a large fucking angry fat mm-hmm. man smashing on a guitar, and everything hits. Pro- the probably a lot so. of downstrokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same here. That, that's how I was too, man. Like I, I, I just like I was like, well, what's Hetfield playing? And like, I, I mean, eventually, you know, you find your own like kind of mm. thing or whatever. But uh, yeah, man, like I, I. I I, I, I like I thought like when the first time I heard um Brandenburg this is so fucking nerdy the first time I heard Brandenburg mm-hmm. I was like that's when I like fell in love with music Brandenburg and G I think it was really uh yeah and uh, I was like I love baroque music so like I started like I got really into like violin or whatever and I was like well uh then my parents got me into like piano lessons which is great because piano like you that helps you learn anything mm-hmm. uh, musically related but like yeah man like when I heard um Master of Puppets I was like this is it. This it's so funny life. because th- certain music has the same root to it. Like, um, there's a couple of, there's one DMX album where I love it. I loved it the day it came out. I still listen to it to this day. And it's, it's a heavy metal album, a hundred percent start to finish. It's just, it's not, I mean, it's a rap album, but it's the same elements. Same with mm-hmm. talking about classical music, you know, Spanish guitar, like, uh, middle Eastern guitar. So I have in my family. Yeah. The, there's like a know, certain, a certain, a certain cadence, a certain delivery mm-hmm. to, to, to that kind of music, a certain A lot of shit's attitude. going on at the same time that shouldn't work together, but it kind of does perfectly for whatever mm-hmm. weird reason. Yeah, that's that's yeah. my kind of music. doesn't matter what kind it is. You're only going to be able to use like 10 minutes of this interview. <laughs> I'll stitch it together. I'll send it to you. We'll see. Let's let Jimmy Hoppe decide which parts, which yeah. parts go live. Yeah. That'll well, be terrible. It'll be a four-minute interview with, with nothing but swears. <laughs> well, listen, man. Once I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm glad you like reached out to me when you did because literally, probably in about a week, I'm gonna pack up all my shit 
once I'm done with this uh, video on these lovely things, mm. I'm going to... Uh, by the way, if you want one of these, I'll be willing to send it to you because I don't know if I'm going to ship these to uh, to Seattle. Uh, maybe I will. They're pretty light. I, I, I'm like... I, I'm sure you don't need any consoles. No, I... I... And because I live in like a two feet by two feet square apartment in Manhattan, I, I would have no place for it. But I'd love to try those things. So bring them to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah. Bring those. Have a booth. Have people, you know, experience your videos at the booth right there. Have a power glove and a game genie and shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, th- I think uh, it, it's weird. Like, uh, I, I, I'm sure I'm not going to get invited to PRG because, I, I, you know, they invite like really big channels. Uh, but I'm kind of glad because, like, dude, I just want to walk around, hang out with people, you know, experience. Did you ask, though? No, because I don't want them to say yes. I mean, that sounds weird. Like, if they, if they invited me, of course I'd be, like, honored and I, I would do it, but. I didn't know how, th- this is really stupid to say. People, you go, go right ahead and laugh at me. I deserve it. But there was a few uh, expos that I contacted this year. Was like, hey, I don't know if you know who I am. Uh, I'd love to do a you know a panel there, though. I'm trying to do this thing, and like, yeah, we don't know why you haven't contacted us before this. Like, really? That that's how it works. I thought you were supposed to contact me. They're like, that's what I assume. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I assumed wrong. So I, I'm, well, apparently I, I'm doing a lot of panels this year because I, I you know, I assumed that after I got contacted by like another convention. So I was like, oh, this is how it works. I'm. And, like, dude, I, I'm so stupid. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to get contacted all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give him a contact and uh, maybe I can, at least I can get a free hotel room out of it and we can all, like. You don't get anything for free usually, but uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, at Retro World, I, I got, like, a free hotel room. Really? Oh, that's yeah, awesome. they, they hooked it up with a free hotel room. Uh, I think I got, like, some kind of meal ticket, too, that I lost. So the people that run that. Um, so one of the people is Chris Crone, the uh, the guy who owns the um, Retro Games Plus chain of uh, game stores in Connecticut. Can't believe I just blanked on the name. But when I when the website was still a Google Doc, I met him. I was like, "Hey man, here's this thing I'm trying to do. I don't know. I'm sorry to ask, but if you could help me out, I'm looking for these things." And he's like, "Gonna be honest." Got no clue what you're talking about, but sure, I'll help you. <laughs> Here's what I got here. Let me know what else you need. And, like, he was always a huge help. And uh, then he introduced me to the other people and that. So I told him, like, you could always count on me as an alternate. Like, don't even, like, if somebody cancels the day before, you call me and I'll show up the next day and fill a panel. And they've, they've been super nice to me ever since. So I, uh, like, I, I love Retro World because of that. I've done a few panels that turn out to be great. You know, the first time you do one, you think, like, who the fuck is going to show up? Dude, and that's what I thought. Right? And then people show up, it's like, oh, this is so nice. I'm so glad I prepared for this to try to give yeah. people what they need. Funny I say that, but I just built a thing that's 10 feet away from me that's coming to too many games on Friday. I what built is it? a weird thing with contraptions and stuff, so hopefully people will enjoy that. I'm sure they will, dude. This is going to air after too many games, so too Well, well dude, it, so when I went to Retro World Expo... Um, you know, I, I was kind of the same way. I was like, and I, they were like, oh, yeah, just let us know what you're going to um, present. We'll, we'll have you do a panel. And I'm like, uh, so I had a booth, you know, like mm-hmm. a booth. Like I had nothing for sale or whatever. Obviously, I was like not prepared. I didn't like, like, like my girlfriend at the time was like, why don't you make shirts or whatever? I'm like, I don't, I think at the time I had like 30,000 subs or something. I'm like, no one's going to. I'd have bought a shirt. I, well, you're very kind. But, uh, you know, like uh, I was just like, uh, whatever. Uh, and by the way, 
so this shirt uh, I got from Game Dave. Mm-hmm. He would not let me pay him. I tried hmm. to pay him, uh, and same thing with Norm. I ended up paying them in drinks. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, sorry, this is what you get. Um, nice. But uh, anyways, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. And they put me in like one of the big rooms, like one of the big halls, and I was like, what the fuck? Like definitely no one's going to. And like, I mean, the hall was not full by any means, but like more people than I thought showed up. And like, I showed the first 10 minutes of the X band video that like I had put together. And, uh, it's funny because like I had gotten, uh, into what I call like London vice, my wrestling name. I had gotten into my London vice, fat London vice phase. When I like filmed the on screen parts, I, I had, I had like an injury where I couldn't like really work out. And I was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to eat cakes every day. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, you're but, like, uh, Bob could do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And then uh, it's funny, like, when I put out the final video, like, the guys from Catabolt that had, like, seen the first 10 minutes were like, oh, wow, you lost a lot of weight. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, yeah, dude, it was scary, man. And I'm not afraid of public speaking or, or anything like that, but it's weird having a room of people watch your content. Wow, I am drunk. Good. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, we're gonna do our our, our follow up interview. Will hopefully be at PRG this fall, yeah, or maybe before that. In well, hopefully these won't start going for three hundred dollars afterwards. Yeah, we'll all blame you for that. So please don't. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we'll follow you know patreon.com forward slashes games on wrestling forward slashes forward slashes <laughs> yeah i've been drinking too all right it's man. dangerous we'll... to go alone two slashes <laughs> ah. all right i'll see you at the next all one right.